All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 14 of the Kickout Crew. Uh, amazing feedback from our uh, women's series, our deep dive into that. Want to thank uh, Brandy, want to thank Amy, and uh, definitely want to thank Lindsay also for all of them joining in. It was good to have special guests on there, and uh, it's good to have everybody here with us today, you know, full crew, Kickout Crew. Uh, as always, you can follow us on Twitter, you can watch video versions on our YouTube channel, and you can listen at all podcasting platforms. But, you know, that's enough about that bullshit. Today we're, uh, you know, going to talk about some SummerSlam matches. So uh, I'm just going to uh, kick it on over to Brad. Hey, everybody. As you saw, on, uh, if you were watching on Twitter, I just got back from vacation in beautiful Ohio. That's where everybody wants to go for a vacation. Something weird happened. Something weird happened when I was in the water. So this, uh, the title of this little story is going to be called uh, Unreasonable Requests. So we're in the lake, Lake Erie. My dad, my sister, me, my wife. We're just kind of floating around talking, taking a leak, you know, because you don't actually go to the bathroom. You actually pee in the lake there. And there's this guy out there on a kayak. Uh, that happens a lot. There's, you know, there's uh, jet skis, there's kayaks. And he looks at us and he goes, hey, can I ask you guys a favor? All right. He goes, I'm going to do three rotations. One, two, three. If I get stuck on that third one, will you guys push me up? Said, uh, yeah, sure. Now we're about 15 to 20 feet from the guy. Kind of half paying attention. And so then he does it. One, two. And he is really head first in the water. Now, like I said, we are 15 to 20 feet from the guys. Now that doesn't sound like much, does it? But in the water, it's like running on the moon. We're slow motion, we're like, no, trying to get this guy, we're going nowhere, he's still there. Finally, he releases himself from, <laughs> which I guess he could do the whole time, I don't know what we were needed for, and he pops up, he goes, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. And then I just said, that's it, pal, no, we don't, we are not part of whatever this is you're doing, okay? Find some new friends that are closer, where's your family, where are your friends? We're here drinking in the water. We don't need this kind of stress in our life. Head first into the ground. Felt like a million miles away. So anyway, the trip was great. We had a great time. Just a, an uneasy moment uh, for all of us. And the guy's fine. I don't even know what this contest is that he's doing with the underwater thing. I guess he's just training. Yeah, no thank you. Unreasonable request. Yeah, so you stayed weird. sober the whole time? What's that? You stayed sober the whole time? Was that what no. you were talking about? <laughs> yeah right I, that's the thing yeah day drinking <laughs> getting too old for the day drinking but we still made it through we powered through powered through that a boy. That a boy. <laughs> and here we are again <laughs> have a corona in hand all right <laughs> it's left over oh jeez great so, story so fun good. vacation thing you just almost let a guy drown yeah well he let himself almost drown I mean, I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah but uh fun vacation we do it every year. It's a good time. And can't wait to uh, go back to work tomorrow. Hell yeah. <laughs> Woo How was your trip, Adam? Moving Frank. Oh, that, that was interesting. Um, I ended up doing it. He drove the first eight hours or so. Then I drove the next seven, eight hours. And he drove an hour. Then I drove another three or four hours. It's a straight through shot. We got in New Orleans. About, about. 24 hours after we left, so it was interesting. And he actually just left. What time is it? Okay, so he left uh, a little bit this morning. So I mean, he's 
He's actually already been back. So um, it's good to have him close by because he's out there by himself. But um, I look forward to seeing Frank a whole lot more. We're going to record here later on. So uh, I got a busy day. Nice. Got to see WWE headquarters. That was awesome. Is it big? Is it big? That's what she said. Yeah. <laughs> the headquarters is pretty big, too. <laughs> I was going to leave that alone. But no, it was great. It was, I, I enjoyed it. I met his family. His family is the greatest. And actually, his dad is one of the ones that sent me one of the jokes for the week. So uh, I'll get to that later. But um, y'all go ahead. But it was great. I appreciate you asking. I dig it. Well, uh, you know, good stuff, Brad. Welcome back from vacation. Looked like you and the family had fun, you know, drank the whole time, you know. So what, oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> good stuff. Well, uh, hey, uh, up next, you know, we'll go to Mike. Uh, Mike, what you got going on? Doing good. How you guys doing? So, Amazing. Um, good night. I didn't go on no yeah, I didn't do no vacation. I didn't do no 24-hour drive. I just got up and went to work. Lived a perfect life. So, uh, but I do have, since we're doing a SummerSlam, I got a couple of SummerSlam facts that i uh, seen. One of them is Hulk Hogan is undefeated at SummerSlam with six wins. Y'all didn't know that. Edge... You're losing. Do you hear him? What? It's like a kung fu movie. Yeah. Mike, we can't hear you, man. <laughs> I don't think you can hear us. <laughs> Every can't. show, somebody has to have this. It's our trademark. We can't hear you, Mike. Oh, I'm back. I'm back. <laughs> 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 All right. Cut, restart. <laughs> now we got the whole Kogan undefeated. And then okay. after that. Hulk Hogan remains undefeated, I guess. He <laughs> cut off your mic. Oh, my bad. I don't know what the fuck's up. Uh, I got Edge has the most wins at SummerSlam with 12 out of 14. Dang. Brock Lesnar has nine main events, and he did six of them back-to-back from 2014 to 2019. And then, well, I guess now it'll be 10 because he's doing one this week. Big Show's first SummerSlam event was back in 2006. Do you remember when he debuted? Uh, 01 19, or 99 19, or something? 99. Damn. So it took him that long to even be on the card for SummerSlam. Um, speaking of undefeated, one that has never defeated anybody at SummerSlam is Booker T. He is 0-5 at SummerSlam. Um, let's see what else I got here. The State Center in Los Angeles hosted SummerSlam from 2009 to 2014, back to back. And then going back to Hogan, his last WWE match was in 05 against HBK himself. Big match. Wow. <laughs> SummerSlam's got a lot of history to it. It does. <laughs> I think right. they did. I think they did like four in a row at Barclays too. I think. I know yeah, one. Well, they were trying. They said they were trying to make Staples Center the home of SummerSlam, and then it just didn't work. 
So what made him stop trying? Like they said, we don't want to now. Like all right, we tried, but we failed. <laughs> they just like, how much, does that they work? Were, they were wanting to travel more. I think. I think they were wanting like SummerSlam on that side of the coast, WrestleMania on this side, and then they just decided to want it all up. Yeah, yeah. I kind of always felt like it was uh, definitely a Western thing. It seemed like that was the home, and then one day, yeah, hey, we're gonna have it at the Barclays Center. Okay, <laughs> right. What's <laughs> happening in New York? <laughs> yeah. So, well, last year we brought it to the back to the West Coast in Vegas. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Great show. Great. So what? Fun facts. Yeah, a lot of good fun facts there. SummerSlam is, uh, I think, SummerSlam ranks as the third best pay-per-view out of the big four i'd go with uh wrestlemania royal rumble SummerSlam, and then survivor series what do you guys think well funny thing you say that coach because a question <laughs> did come in on that from mr mike michael mcclanahan and he wanted to know where it ranked as far as as what we thought and uh, the SummerSlam ranked so where do you think summer sam should rank in terms of his status as the big four pay-per-view many would consider it second only to wrestlemania what are your thoughts, Coach? Well done. So I would also say right now, at this very moment, I feel SummerSlam is number two. But if you're going to ask me in, in January, I'm going <laughs> to tell you, I'm going to tell you that the Royal Rumble is number two. Yeah. I, and that's just, I, I mean, I, when I'm thinking about the Royal Rumble and the Royal Rumble is actually on, I'm going to say I'm, ex I'm more excited for that than anything that year. Because it's the yeah. unknown of who's going to win and then what's, what this leads to with WrestleMania. So overall, you know, I'm excited for, uh, as we record this, it'll be in two days, or as we, as it airs, it'll be two days. Uh, I'm really excited for, for SummerSlam right now, but, and I'm back and forth with who's number two and number three, but really what's the question is, what's number four? <laughs> is it Money in the Bank? Is it Survivor Series? I don't know. That's true. Money in the Bank <clears throat> has been, you know, coming around here lately. Survivor Series is trash. This is straight up trash. It's turned into trash, yeah. Not the old day Survivor Series. Oh, no, we no. had five man teams. Yeah, that was a bomb. How they draft <laughs> rosters a month before and then have to fight <laughs> for their brand the next month? Right. It's not even believable anymore. I don't know. What do y'all think about Elimination Chamber? Is it one of the top four? Mm, true. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. That is a good one. No. Because there's stakes. <laughs> no. There's stakes. You don't like it better than Survivor Series? <clears throat> Well, Survivor Series, it's just a bad concept. Yeah, it, it doesn't mean anything. The matches don't mean anything. Yeah. It's, How it's, about it's, they bring back Evolution, the girls' uh, pay-per-view? They only had that once. I think uh, once Triple H brings back Sasha, I think they should do that again. Once Triple H brings back Sasha, is that a teaser? I just think that that's going to happen, and they're going to they're gonna push her to the moon, her and Bailey again when Bailey comes back. Yeah, where the hell is she at? I think you'll see her in two days. All right, why do you know so much? I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I think you'll see her in two days. I think she'll be the reason why Liv Morgan wins. Mm -hmm. We could go into that a little bit. Vince McMahon just announced his retirement. He did? He's 77 years of age. Yeah, yeah I had oh my gosh. <laughs> Breaking news on the kickout crew. Yeah. All right, so we all saw, well, what do we think, guys? Is, it, is he gone for good? I think yeah. he has to be. Yeah. Not maybe not good, but for a while. I don't think it was the way he wanted to go out, but he, I think he has to now. Devin, were you going to expand on that a little bit? 
Well, I just I seen that uh, Triple H was brought back into power as well, and Stephanie McMahon is now the CEO, co well, CEO, co CEO with uh, Nick Khan. Done. At least uh, allegedly, at least when Vince broke a girl's heart, he paid her off. When Sammy <laughs> Guevara breaks a girl's heart, he just kicks her to the curb. Boom. Gets another one. <clears throat> I do think uh, two CEOs is a bad idea. It's kind of like that old uh, saying about quarterbacks. Like, if you have two quarterbacks, you have no quarterbacks. Shout out to the uh, 49ers there, Devin. You know, but, uh, yeah, couple CEOs is not good. You know, this – I don't – I'm not going to pretend like I know the inner workings of the WWE. But this Nick Khan it worries me a lot. And the reason for that is, is that we've talked about it on this show already. There are people in current storylines the week before. That it, it's a storyline that's been going on for weeks and, and it's building to something or it's, it, and then they're gone and not for any other reason other than we don't know why. Like we obviously know why that, uh, I, I guess an NXT star that we all know, Cole Carter was like, oh, they said it was for, uh, he failed the drug test. At least we know. But for the most part, it's just someone in a storyline is just being cut. That worries me about this Nick Khan that he's not even paying attention to what's on the show. But again, I don't. I obviously don't know the inner workings of the WWE, but I, I feel like he's not watching. So I would really like to just see Triple H in charge and be done. It's, it's kind of like with that Parker Bardot guy. They were going to bring him up to, uh, you know, to with Edge and everybody, and the next time they know, he's fired. He was let go. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What about Dexter Loomis? He got married like three weeks before on, <laughs> on the show. And then they, and they show like her like all sad in, in the locker room because he was cut. Weird. That's weird shit. <laughs> and they also dropped Max Dupree from that male modeling after two weeks. Is that done? Yeah, it's done. They got a girl. Really. Yeah, they got a girl. Took it over. <laughs> He's had three names on that show already. <laughs> <laughs> that, that concerns me. Uh, it's Max uh, it's Dupree, as, or however he says it. It was awful. Mike, they already changed it once. They changed it again. Yeah. Terrible. terrible. We can go down this rabbit hole forever. Uh, so. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I definitely can. But why don't we go ahead and go into that anyway? Because we were going to talk about all of our favorite SummerSlam moments. And it actually came as a question from us from Frank Bruno. What is our favorite SummerSlam? Favorite SummerSlam moment? Uh, is everybody cool? Ready to go? Yeah. Okay. All right. I think I know Devin's, but go ahead, Devin. <laughs> uh actually well i kind of have two there's the second one that we're covering today in 2018 it was the first one that i was at but my favorite SummerSlam growing up was uh 2002 Shawn michaels versus hbk brock lesnar versus the rock i loved that SummerSlam growing up nice coach what about you you're probably going to go old school on us right well, I'm going to give you two, one from the old days and one from the new days. Uh, I'll start with the new days first. Uh, my son and I went to the Royal Rumble last year at the Raiders Stadium, Allegiant Stadium in Vegas. And to see John Cena and Roman Reigns, I know that's kind of a cheesy match, but to see that with your son, uh, it was awesome to hear John Cena's music one more time. And Roman Reigns, uh, that, was a, that was a great match. But from my childhood, I'm going to go back to the original. 14-year-old Josh, when he saw the ultimate warrior destroy the honky-tonk man in like a minute or two and win the Intercontinental Championship in 1988, 
boy, I popped for that. I'm not a big warrior fan now, but back in the day, he was, he was, uh, he was second best to Ric Flair. You know, uh, we were all warrior fans. Well, I don't know about you, Devin. I'm, hold on your rope, buddy. All right. Hold on your <laughs> rope, Devin. <laughs> uh, you know, at the time I thought he was about the coolest thing in the world. Uh, just the way he came out with so much intensity. I wasn't as concerned with the wrestling. I wasn't at the yeah, time. Yeah. I was just a little kid, but now looking back, yeah, you know, we, we feel differently about what we liked maybe as a kid, but I get it. I totally get it. What about you, Mike? Well, I had um same thing as Devin, the Triple H versus Shawn Michaels match at O2. And also another one, um, I think it was, might have been 02, 03, when Shane fell off the Titan Tron. He was going against uh, Steve Blackman. And he did, uh, was it 50, 60 feet fall? That was another good moment that I always remember. Um, another one too, there was, um, when was, it? Oh, it was in 03, we had Eddie Guerrero versus Chris Mawal versus Rhino versus Tajiri in a four-way U.S. title match. I see now I was looking up some other stuff and stopped on that match and watched it, and I thought that was a pretty good one. Nice. Who won that match? Um, Eddie Guerrero. Good. Eddie, Eddie. All right, Bama. Okay, I just like the whole, I like all of SummerSlam 2002 because of Kurt Angle, Rey Mysterio, Triple H, Shawn Michaels, Edge versus Eddie Guerrero, and Rock versus Brock. Nice. <laughs> hey, hey, James, do you have any opinions on SummerSlam? Uh, let's see. <laughs> Fucking SummerSlam, huh? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I like when I don't really know like a whole one that I can just be like, oh, I love this year or anything like that. I do like uh, when Roman finally beat Brock uh, for the title, I guess, uh, you know, a couple of reigns ago when uh, they lost at WrestleMania. And then after that was when Lesnar threw the belt at Vince after it. Well, that following SummerSlam was when he finally beat him. And it was actually a pretty decent match. But, uh, you know, the crowd like heavily shit all over it because <laughs> we all knew the outcome. But, uh, you know, like SummerSlam is also the home to uh, Undertaker versus Underfaker. So, you know, uh, always got to remember good. that. <laughs> i do <laughs> yeah you know that was so. 1994 and i i looked at just for research that was voted the worst match in <laughs> SummerSlam history right here i was just looking it up to see what the worst one was 1994 worst match yeah yeah but then you also have like a uh, bret hart and the uh, bulldog you know so it's know. funny, James, though. Yeah. It's funny you say that, like the Underfaker Undertaker. As much as shit as that was, it's <laughs> stuff you remember. You know, it's yeah. like infamous. It's not famous. It's infamous. It's, it, it, there's just bad yeah. things in, in wrestling that, that you remember. That, is it bad if you remember it for 20 years? <laughs> well, we remember it because it was bad, though. Yeah. But we <laughs> laugh at it, and it's mm -hmm. fun. I'm looking sure. forward. I know Adam will be there as well on Saturday when we hear uh, Bret Hart's uh, – take on what that match was like in Wembley Stadium. They got a panel where he talks about his match with the Bulldog on Saturday night at StarCast. Lucky dogs. Lucky dogs. Dude, have you saw the updated StarCast list of people? It's amazing. I looked at it last night and it's freaking insane. All the people's going to be there. It's going to be great. Well, let's talk about... Two days to get your tickets. Two days, guys. <laughs> Jump on out there. Get to Nashville. Plenty of red-eye tickets. Buses. Get out to StarCast. It's, gonna, it's a once-in-a-lifetime event. You're never going to see a three-day event like you're going to see this Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. 
So my uh, my my SummerSlam moment it, it actually starts July fifteenth, two thousand thirteen, which wasn't SummerSlam. It was when John Cena announced who his opponent was going to be at SummerSlam. So he brings out the entire roster and he goes into the ring and he starts talking to everyone. Should it be Heath Ledger? You know, Heath Ledger. Heath Slater. Heath Slater. What an asshole I am, huh? Yeah, he, and, Heath, Heath Ledger's dead. He's, yeah, that man or didn't mean for it to hell? happen, right? Yeah, I mean, what a joker I am, huh? Set on that. Waka, waka, waka. And so then he was talking to uh, Alberto Del Rio. and But through the whole thing, everybody's just chanting one thing. Yes, yes, yes. Daniel Bryan was so over in July of 2013. He was, like, we talked about how he was willed into the main event picture. And that, it just proves it right there. He was just coming off of him and Kane as Teen Hell No. And the, the cheers that he got. So when uh, John Cena announced that it was going to be Daniel Bryan, the place erupts erupts and then daniel bryan who's about i don't know four foot five foot tall comes out from behind everybody else and he's just going yes yes up and people are just going crazy however we get to the match at SummerSlam, and yes he does win in the middle of the ring with what the running knee but i didn't even know that that move did not like that was not his move coming into that match from what i saw he was more of a submission specialist but i guess maybe john cena was not going to submit to him <laughs> So anyway, the running knee, and then there was a congratulations. Now, the special guest referee at the time, Triple H. Triple H pulled, like, he was really excited for him. He really believed in it. Then he turns on him. And then the Vipers music hits, cashes in the money in the bank, and takes that moment away from Daniel Bryan. There was just so much good storytelling. Even though I was upset at the end, it just led to even a greater charge towards his championship at WrestleMania, but... Definitely a, a moment to remember. So uh, he got his flowers. I, I mean, he got the shake in the middle of the, the ring with with John Cena. But a couple of minutes later, it was over. But Man. something to remember for sure. Part of I, the I was pissed. I, I was I was legitimately <laughs> pissed. They they worked me on that match, and I was uh, pleasantly worked. Yeah, I enjoyed, I enjoyed the emotions. Yeah, that that's what I enjoy wrestling the most is when when we get caught. Yep. Uh, as our friend Matt Hardy will say, let it all play out, right? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I think we uh, we did what we needed to do there. James, you got anything for us? Uh, are we ready to uh, slam on in? That's <laughs> 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 what I tell the ladies. You know what I'm saying? I thought oh, they meant shit. taking a dump. You tell the ladies you got to go take a dump? <laughs> no. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Take a slam? No, <laughs> oh, slam it in. Oh, okay, my bad. Yeah. Slam it slim in. Slam Jim. <laughs> Shit. Overweight Nate. Shout out. I need to dye my hair blonde. Hey, but, uh, but James, congratulations on your uh, four or five hours of thinking about getting on a diet before you ordered that pizza, like you said on Facebook the other day. Congratulations on starting it. Stuffed crust. It's good, man. It's, uh, see, here's the thing, like... As a kid growing up, we never got, like, pizza and stuff. And I remember, like, kind of, like, not crying, but, like, pouting to my mom one time. Like, everybody else gets to get pizza. We never do. <laughs> well, it's because we were broke, James. <laughs> but so, like, stuffed crust meat lovers pizza and uh, the breadsticks, the cheese sticks from Pizza Hut, that's, like, like, it means something to me, like, to get that. You know, like, I made it. <laughs> so when I, I ordered that, that yesterday I was like, at Domino's. That's crazy. I got the pizza with the it. cheese sticks. 
James, oh, yeah. you get the so butter garlic dipping sauce? To the top. Just in the east side <laughs> apartment in the sky high. Speaking of unhealthy, Frank brought me Bucky's. Y'all know what there it is. is. <laughs> I, I That's don't. a bomb ass gas station. Can you explain yeah. to the Northeast what exactly Bucky's is? Oh, they it's it's <laughs> like a super gas station convenience store on steroids. They got like a hundred gas pumps. You can get barbecue, you can get fried chicken, you can get uh any kind of uh, fudge you can get like tacos i mean it's just like a convenience store you get t-shirts it's you have to go there to really to really know what it is bucky's is so amazing they got like beef they got 20 foot of beef jerky like a big wall of just nothing but beef jerky it's it's insane and he they brought me he brought me two things of beef jerky and this box of nothing but fudge like six different kinds of fudge Holy and they shit. have a mascot. And they have a mascot there you can yeah. take a picture with. And yeah. apparently we sponsor them. <laughs> sponsor us, I mean. <laughs> can you get Pepsi Nitro there? I saw that coming. <laughs> you have to experience it to really understand it, honestly. You really yeah, do. it's like it's like its own fucking it's like a Walmart gas station thing. Yeah, they got like a hundred like no shit, hundred gas pumps lined up yeah. all the way down the thing. It's, it's pretty amazing. badass. It's impressive. You walk in there, they're usually really nice, real well kept. <sighs> Souvenirs and all kinds Even of things. Even the bathrooms are nice. Even the bathrooms are something to talk about. It's insane. Wow. I guess the, uh, the creme de la creme room. of gas stations. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a place I need to experience. Yeah, definitely. Hey, Brian, yeah, take Erica. Hey, baby. Station, <laughs> We're going to Bucky's. <laughs> <laughs> That's where our honeymoon will be. Well, Frank loved it so much. He stopped by Bucky's on the way here. He's like, I gotta go. He went an hour out of his way just to stop by just before he come by here. <laughs> Love it. Oh boy. Well, <laughs> I guess it's anyway. time to dive on into it. We're uh, first match on the show. Gonna be uh Stone Cold versus Triple H versus Mankind from SummerSlam 1999 which uh, was on August 22nd of that year, emanating from the Target Center in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Been there before. The attendance was 17,370, had 600,000 uh, pay-per-view buys. This match is a uh, 16-23, so roughly 16 and a half minutes, and uh, Meltzer gave it three and three-quarter stars. But uh, that's just the uh, little intro to the match. I'm going to kick it over to Mike to tell us how we got here. Well, this match had, um, they're not five number one contender matches in it all together. Um, it started off at the pay-per-view before, fully loaded. It was Triple H versus The Rock in a strap match, which Triple H won. Um, the next night, Taker came out, demanded a rematch against Austin because Austin beat him at that same pay-per-view. And he wanted a rematch for the title. Triple H said no, because he was the number one contender. Well, after some roundabouts, there was a number one contender's match made on Raw. It was Triple H versus Undertaker versus China. Um, China ended up winning that match from Austin's help. He was knocked out earlier on in the night with a concrete brick upside the head, fell down some steps. Came back an hour later and whooped some ass. <laughs> so, yep, he is. <laughs> You're out again. He's already nah. kind of low too. <laughs> I can't hear him anyway. 
You're uh, sorry. <laughs> He's talking about China and how China won the uh, the uh, number one contender. There you go. He's back. Okay, I'm sorry. So where am I? Where was I at? Number one contender. How the hell do match. we know? You were talking for another thirty seconds. <laughs> well, I didn't know where I was at. All right. Anyways, Triple H versus Undertaker versus China, which China won with Austin's help. Um, the next week we had Triple H versus China for a number one contenders match, and China won that one with Mankind's help. And then he said he wanted a shot at it. So that same night, it was Mankind versus China in a number one contenders match. Mankind won that one. So then they made another one where it was Mankind versus Triple H made by Shane. And this one came in a double pin uh, with Shane and Shawn Michaels as the referee. Linda McMahon then came out and made it a triple threat match. Did you say double pen? A double pen. They both did a oh, move. Oh, they did double pen. Yeah. <clears throat> and that's how we came wrong on this match. Who won the damn match? I remember Stone Cold, the, the little video package. He's all standing up. Who won the damn match? <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Well, anyway, uh, just the, I just want to thank Coach for, uh, it's nice to have a fully invested coach back, isn't it? Yeah, I'm, I'm glad to be back. It was a, yeah, it was glad, a good it's nice day. to have it's nice to have you sitting down in a chair, not walking around, not in your car, not in the gym. I got it. I'm trying to get a college job, man. That's my dream come true. So I had to try to pursue that. I know, but all of us we have full time jobs, and you're off in the summer. You're busier than all of us. Yeah, true. So anyway, good to have you back, Coach. It's good to be back. So the first person introduced in this match is Jesse the Body Ventura. Yeah, comes out to a very very big pop. Coach, what'd you think of his speech? I thought it was direct and right to the point. You know, uh, he stuck up for us, and I really appreciated that. He, uh, a lot of people talk down about wrestling, but Jesse went in and spoke for us, and he said that he was proud to be there, you know, uh, and, and for him to do that in front of the world. You know, he I don't know if he was governor at the time or if he just finished up being governor, but all eyes were on him, so that message definitely resonated worldwide. So then we have Mick Foley, Mankind, entering from the back. Another big pop. Triple H with China. China looked tremendous. Devin, are you not a China fan for some reason? Do you not want her in this match? Do you think she takes away from it? Uh, no, I honestly, I like the aspect of having China. She was only in for the first little bit, but um, I thought it had another heel in this match. We kind of had two baby faces with Stone Cold and Mankind. And Coach, you're not a Triple H fan, right? So what's your deal there? I don't know. I just, I, I, I never liked his bravado. I mean, I like cockiness and all that, but he just came across as like a bully. Usually cocky guys are, you know, don't, don't I, I don't know how to say it, but it just his vibe. I, I, I was never a big fan of his. I was a big fan when he was with DX and the four of them were all together. But when he went off on his individual stuff, I rooted against him in every match. So we had Ventura. Triple H and China in the ring, they were all jawing at each other for quite a little bit. James, did you think that this added to the Stone Cold entrance? I was wondering if uh, they were going to, you know, like kind of do that. You think that's what it was to kind of get everybody like focused on them. And then all of a sudden, they're whoosh, you know, because place erupts, man, every time, dude. There ain't nothing like that glass shatter. Yeah, and I know how you feel about that. But, Mike, what does that shattering glass mean to you, man? 
bake pop, you know, somebody's about to get their ass kicked. Hell yeah. So there's immediate brawling in the ring. It's a very fast start. Adam, do you prefer a fast start or do you prefer like a methodical start when everything gets going? Yeah, in a one-on-one match, I prefer more methodical, but when you got three or more people, like at this triple threat match, um, I prefer a quick start. That way you, you're trying to hurry and get over quick, trying to kind of surprise the other, pe- or surprise the other person so you can just get it over with quick. I mean, because when there's three people in there, it just gets kind of kind of wonky sometimes. So get it, get it started. Get that quick win if you can. If not, start beating the hell out of each other. So this is definitely the Attitude Era, right? So the Attitude Era. And then we, of course, we, we're still kind of in the PG era. But, James, there's been an announcement. Tell me about the PG-13 era that's coming. Do you think that we'll ever get back to the Attitude Era? 14. 14. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> where, are the, where are the puppies at, huh? Let's say fuck all the time. And, like, where are the puppies at? That's what I'm talking about. Now, right. I, don't, I don't know if it's going to drastically change. But here's a little uh, thing I saw on one of those, uh, like, wrestling uh, deals. Could that be what kind of lures MJF away? Because, you know, everybody was like, oh, MJF can't say what he, he can say on AEW, on WWE. Well, if they get a little more mature, maybe they'll be like, hey, man, you got a little free reign here. Could that sway the tide? Now, speaking of attitude, James, can you give me a couple lines by the announcers that might have been a little attitude era-ish from the time? Oh, uh, let's see. Well, I mean, uh, Jesse Ventura screaming, what's this bullshit <laughs> when Triple H uh, uses the chair? He was governor right here, too, by the way. Hey, you got in office okay. earlier this year. Oh, so that's, yeah, so he stuck up for us even when he was in office. Yeah. That's big time. You'll hear no other governor ever do that. <laughs> <laughs> and I read a, uh, I read a dirt sheet from 1999. You guys were talking about when uh, Jesse and China were squared off at the beginning. Here's what was said in the ring. Jesse said to China, you better watch out. This jerk Triple H is going to leave you in a couple of years for Stephanie McMahon. And China was like, hell no, that's my man. He's going to be with me forever. So that's what caused that turmoil at the beginning of the match. Now, you're saying something there that I was wanted to touch on. When exactly did that happen? When exactly did they break up? Do you know? No. Yeah, I was curious about that. It was getting close. Wasn't it about this time? Probably. I believe it's about November. November of this year? Of the 99? Yeah, 99. That's what he was warning her of. Damn. Uh, He's going to Sammy Guevara in no time there. You know, he's just going to (laughs) fucking drop her and move on. (laughs) Speaking of characters, Devin, uh, so you have Mick Foley in this match that gives, he gives, who did he give a hug to? He gave Austin a hug. Mick Foley is known for being a hardcore wrestler. But then he has this other side where he gets overly friendly with other wrestlers. Is there ever been a more unique character? Has anybody ever been able to pull that off better than him? I think uh, I think Mick Foley is one of the greatest char- uh, actors that's ever stepped through our wrestling business. Honestly, he's been able to play so many different characters, whether it's Cactus Jack, Dude Love, both faces of mankind here. And then eventually even he returns in like 2003 or four, and he's just Mick Foley. Like the the man's been able to do so much, and he's so creative. Uh, I can't think of anyone else like him. That he is, and he's got a podcast almost as long as ours. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Mike, now is the time, buddy. This is a triple threat match, Mike. So what does that mean? 
We don't know what the fuck the rules are, do we? Right. No. <laughs> I'm still not sure. Um, right. So we actually have heads being smashed on the outside, suplexes on the outside. But then Stone Cold gets hit with a chair against his knee. What are the rules of this match, Mike? Tell me what's going on. They are Jesse's rules. <laughs> um, there was low blows and everything, too. Yeah. Um, it was, yeah, Jesse's way. He wanted to pin inside the ring, and he didn't want Triple H teaching a chair. He was all about, all against Triple H, so. Absolutely frustrating to me, though. You know, absolutely I, yeah. frustrating. That's all I got was, um, I, even, like, watching throughout the pay-per-view, like, the little segments he did, all he kept saying is, the pin will happen in the ring. All right. So. Mandible claw, Adam. Is that a good move? Do you like it? If it's done right, it is, because have you ever taken two fingers and pushed down onto your tongue? Hard as like hell. He means business when he gets that sock on that right hand, quote <laughs> JR. <laughs> <laughs> so Jesse ejects China. Another confusion with the rules for me. But it gets a huge pop. And I wrote here again, can someone explain me what the fucking rules are? <laughs> he hit the head off the gate, off the post, onto the mat. Head on the announcer's table. Adam, again, I want to go back to you real quick on this. That head shot to the announce table. Why do they do this? Because it never looks like they're actually hitting their head. Is there a better angle we could be going with here? I don't understand why they, they try to cover it up anyway. Because if you look at it, it's that piece that's above the actual table by yay far. So even hitting your head on, you know, without your hands, it really won't hurt. So I don't understand what the whole point of that anyway. So either make it look good or don't do it at all. Don't make it look obvious. You know, I, I, I hate that shit. Yeah, I don't like it either. Um, so this is a triple threat match, which really means two things. There's a lot of brawling, and there's a lot of being hurt outside the ring. So, I, again, Triple H working Austin's leg. Triple H and Mankind stop, stopping Austin, taking turns. Crowd gets upset. Mankind takes a bump on the outside of the floor. Devin, do you think that uh, even though he's taking these bumps, he's doing a lot less risks than he used to. Mankind, that is. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because just the way he's taking the bump is less. He's putting his feet under him, or he's, like, putting his arm down under him. When he was first taking them in his younger days, he was taking them flat back on the floor. And also at this era, like, WWF's kind of got those fatter mats on the outside where they used to just have concrete or nothing on the outside. So he's definitely taking them a little bit safer in this match so then we have um what do you think of mankind's style coach of wrestling if you take away the hardcore part of it what do you think of his actual style floppy but the uh the hardcore stuff is what uh what gets us to pop and that carries us until the next hardcore move uh you know his ring work is decent but not uh i don't think he would be in aew today uh, even Eddie Kingston has a little bit more uh, move set than Mick Foley, but he was definitely entertaining. Hey, Mike, there's some parts in here where they're crowd, they're in the crowd fighting. It looked like they were really in there. Do you think this is dangerous to the wrestler? Um, yeah, it is because you got the fans right there. They could do something, but it's also dangerous to the fans. You never know what's going to happen. They're going to get in the way. So them getting in the way, dangerous to both of them. James, like I was saying, there's a lot of brawling going on in here. Who do you think had the best punches? 
Uh, Stone Cold. But that's <laughs> just me being. It's <laughs> just me being a hundred percent biased. <laughs> but I don't know. Uh, I well, I kind of like his because it seemed more like brawler style, like the way he uh, throws it. I mean, he's nothing like The Rock. You know, The Rock sells a fucking punch. Like even even winding his arm back, it looks like The Rock is like on a string. You know, but I don't know. I just like uh, Stone Cold throwing the punches. It seems like a kind of legit, I guess you could say. Seems like he's really like throwing them, you know. I like At it. one point in this match, I seen Mankind punching Triple H. And he's just slapping him on the top of the head. He wasn't even <laughs> punching him. <laughs> you know, it's funny when you're at a house show and you're not supposed to be looking in one way. You're supposed to be looking the other way and you see what these other guys are really doing. They're just fucking around. <laughs> I swear. So Austin blocked the, uh, the pedigree, catapulted into Mankind. Uh, then, uh, he, then Stone Cold hits Mankind with a stunner. Triple H breaks it up with the chair. Slow count back uh, by Jesse. Then we have a real tough shot to the head of Mankind. This is an opinion I want on everybody. It's a lot, something we saw a lot of in the Attitude Era. And Mankind took some shots. And we, we all know what happened with, of course, Chris Benoit. Watching this back, I'll start with you, Mike. What did you think of that chair shot? Because, well, watching it back now, I hate it. Just because yeah. of, like, what you're saying with the concussions and everything else that's going on. <clears throat> it's not, it doesn't sit well anymore. I mean, we all saw a lot of the, the, the rock versus uh, mankind, Mick Foley. And I, I, what he take about 37 shots coach. Do you remember that? Jeez. He took a whole bunch. That was, uh, that was tough to watch. I believe it was 17 to the head. Damn. Right. And this was only one and it made us all still uncomfortable today to take a look at something like that. So Jesse won't count. Again, we have Jesse's rules in this. The rules are fuzzy. Shane McMahon comes in. The crown is chanting asshole, but man, Again, they love this shit. Do you guys agree that funny doesn't make money like JR says? Do you guys believe that? Or do you think there's a place for it in wrestling and it does make money? I don't, whoever. There's a place for it. It's got to be done right, but there's a place for it. I like it. What do you think, James? Well, I mean, look at the crowd reaction when Jesse refuses to count. They go fucking bananas. Look at the crowd reaction when Shane comes out, you know? And then, obviously, what happens to Shane immediately after the crowd fucking goes wild over. So, I mean, there's a – you can say it may not have packed the house, but uh, they definitely loved it when it happened, you know? Speaking of what happened to Shane, did you see what happened to Stone Cold right after they threw him out? Stone wow. Cold gets tied in the ropes. Yeah, right. yeah. 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 He, <laughs> he did he that because stuck. Jesse leaned over him. When he did, that's when he flew over. <laughs> Triple H had to go help him. Yeah. Hey, Mike, real quick, who took the stunner better? Uh, was it Shane here or was it Vince in the last WrestleMania? <laughs> Vince McMahon. Get <laughs> the hell out of here. Get the hell out of here. Jesse, Jesse throws Shane out of the ring. Crowd, crowd freaking loves it. And that's for your old man, you little bastard. Yeah. <laughs> Loved it. That little inside baseball on that one, too, you know. Coach, why didn't Stone Cold stun uh, Jesse in this? respect respect you know, for what <laughs> listen he's uh he was a he was a referee number one and he didn't want to uh waste his energy on the referee he had enough going on with those two guys uh double teaming him 
I thought that uh, he was uh, kind of siding up with Jesse uh, after all everything that happened. And, uh, you know, maybe the, maybe Jesse's feelings about Vince and Stone Cold's feelings about Vince, you know, uh, gave him a little bit of a bond that their hate for Vince together, at least character wise. Hey, Adam, if anybody brought a sock into the ring and tried to give you a mandible claw with it, what would you do? Depends how much I'm getting paid. <laughs> <laughs> so Mr. Socko makes an appearance and he gives a double mandible claw to our mankind again, pronouns to Austin and triple H Jesse. Uh, uh, whatever. <laughs> Stunner to triple H broken up by mankind pedigree to Austin. What Adam, what do you think of the pedigree as a move? It is, I mean, it, if it's done right. And it, I mean, it, the only thing I don't like about it is when they feed for it and they're automatically giving their arms to triple H that drives me insane. I mean, that just, that just looks too choreographed to me as far as the move itself. Cause I'm, I'm rewatching the match as we're talking and if you'll notice every now and then, like Kane was bad about it, he would feed his arms up to Triple H before he would even reach for them for the pedigree. So as long as they don't do that, I like the move. But if they're automatically giving the arms when Triple H is just standing there, I don't like it. It just makes it look bad. And then we had a double arm DDT to Austin and Mankind with the win. Were you? Did we think, uh, James, did you think that the, the end was too abrupt? It was a little uh, quick, but I mean – I think after the stunner to uh, Shane, you know, the crowd just lost their mind on that. So to kind of have that quick end may have been, you know, just, hey, we're just going to catch them after the hot spot, you know. I don't know. Well, I'm a mankind guy. I was happy with the the way it ended. I, I didn't remember, as most of the stuff uh, that we watched back. And then uh, Jesse and mankind leaving together. After let the me match. ask you, Brad. Let me ask okay. you a question. As someone that was a Mick Foley fan, yeah. Did you find it disrespectful that he didn't get his moment in the ring at the end and they totally diverted? Uh, he just kind of walked out and they went right back to Stone Cold and Triple H when it was his moment to win the world championship. Coach, you know, we've talked about similar situations here, like with Oscar last uh, last week with the Royal Rumble. And it's just, to me, I'm numb to it because it's what I feel like WWE does. They give you the moment, then they take it away and they move on to their next story at least most of the time, you know, a few places where maybe that doesn't happen, maybe at the end of a WrestleMania is maybe the only time that might not happen. So I'm, I'm numb to it. I'm very numb to it because I mean, I was going to get into the triple H with the chairs after the match. And Austin, as JR said, was left for dead. <laughs> kind of looked nice. amazing during that time though. God, I'm honestly good. Guys, this was a fun match. It's, it's, Full disclosure, it's hard to cover a triple threat brawling match. I'm trying to find spots and talk about them. It's not easy because it is a lot of punching, a lot of kicking. Uh, there are a few good spots, but it's tough to break down. But it's fun, and it is the Attitude Era. And as far as I'm concerned, and you guys can agree or not, it's heavy on story and a little less about what goes on maybe with the athleticism in the ring. What do you guys think? Yeah. Fun. Yeah. I, I guess we'll call it that. It's just too much. It just took away from the wrestling to me. Too much Jesse, too much Shane coming in. It just took too and then this afterwards, you know, Triple H beating the hell out of Stone Cold. It just takes away from the match to me. But then you know, I'm a wrestling purist, so 
Anybody else have anything to add? I think it was like a hat on the hat and a hat. Adding like so many people and the stipulations kind of like throwing China out, Shane coming down. But I really think it was a fun match. Like <laughs> yeah. that was what got me on it. <laughs> what did you call it? A hat on a hat on a hat. Like just kind of like a gimmick and then China's <laughs> in and then Shane's in here. Jesse's the special referee. I like it. I like There's it. Too so many things. It's like a hat on a shirt, a hat on a hat on a hat on a shirt. <laughs> That's a football expression. Let's get a hat on a hat. Yeah. Helmet to helmet. Uh, it's new to me. Uh, <laughs> I heard it on uh, Jim Cornette, honestly, I think. So <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> well, unless nobody has anything else to add. James, what do we got next? Oh, man. Well, uh, you know, that was a good match. It was uh, something, you know, very good to see. Speaking of seeing things, I think Coach has a, a little movie uh, around this time that he would like to discuss. So, uh, Coach, take it away. Yeah, guys, I know uh, I know a lot of people do uh, movie segments, but we're going to put our own spin on, on uh, movie segments because we have Devin, we have different people in different genres of their life maybe they, they they caught it on dvd maybe they watched it in 1999 but today's movie uh that we're gonna feature was probably one of the number one smash hits of 1999 and that was blair witch project did any of you have any of you guys seen that movie i have yes yes now blair witch project was the very first movie that kind of created a horror genre where they worked the crowd where they found where they said they found this hidden VHS tape that nobody else has ever heard of. So when people went in in 1999, we honestly believed that this was some tape from the woods and everybody was freaked out. An interesting story. I took my wife to go see that and she couldn't even sleep that night. She was so scared. Um, Another interesting thing about the Blair Witch Project was they only filmed for 20 hours. Now, most uh, motion picture productions takes months and months and months. They filmed it in 20 hours and only had a budget of $250,000. Now, after it was all said and done, they grossed $276 million. So Blair Witch Project was one of the top 10 grossing films based on their budget to how much they made uh so for this 88 movie uh 88 minute movie created uh hits like paranormal activity uh and other such horror movies as that what did you guys think of the blair witch project i thought it was cool i liked it yeah that, did it uh, remind you of your backyard yeah <laughs> doing the backyard i can do it right now I don't even need two hundred two hundred thousand dollars. I got my phone and my flashlight, so I'm good. That's all you need. I'll tell you what I remember, Coach. I remember like they were like giving tidbits of it online before it came out, mm. and they were they made it sound like it was just something real going on. Right. This is 1999. The internet was listen. It's I know it was there, but it's nothing like it is now, and it was a very unique and ahead of its time way of uh, putting out their movie and getting people invested. And like you said, it, nothing actually happens in the movie. Nothing. Like, you don't know <laughs> anything. Like, you don't know. You just know that something bad happened, but you don't know what. So, it, it was, like, they tried, I don't think they have found anything 
close to that. I know they've tried to recreate it. Like I know you mentioned Paranormal Activity. I know that was a popular movie as well. But there, it's nothing like the first time, like they always say, huh? Nothing <laughs> like the first time. <laughs> I like the the handy cam aspect of it, you know, and it's like not professional. It's like shaky, sometimes grainy, you know, like uh, I like that aspect of it. And they did make it look like you found archival footage. They would put out like missing posters and all that shit. Like, uh, like you said, man, it worked the crowd. And it did start that like first person or like archival type of, uh, you know, horror genre that you know it's been copied ever since but low budget a lot of money a lot of money low budget a lot of money uh check it out you can probably catch it on any of your streaming platforms but Blair Witch Project they had a couple uh sequels after that but like you guys said nothing's the same as the original uh next week we'll be pulling out uh, a new film and if any of our uh, listeners have any ideas of some movies that that they would like us to take a look at drop it in uh Drop it on tw Twitter or Instagram and, and let us know. And we'll take a look at, at that movie because uh, this is going to be a weekly segment. So movies of the generation. I know it's uh, been done by a lot, but we're going to have a new perspective here on the Kickout Crew. Thanks, guys. I like it. Love it, man. Love it. I feel yeah. like watching that right now, actually. I know. I remember seeing it in theaters for the first now. time, like tripped out. Yeah, right. <laughs> I've never <laughs> seen it. But I remember in like 2003, 2004, when SmackDown was on UPN. And I remember they showed like commercials for all the time because it was airing after SmackDown. My mom always sent me right to bed. Like, You're not watching this. But... Wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> you were two when this came out, right? Yeah. What when I was like five or six, it was on SmackDown. <laughs> after so SmackDown. Scared. I'm so scared. <laughs> two years old. I get uh... older every episode. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome coach thanks oh what are we doing now james i don't even know this outline is out of it line it looks huh? like uh you know <laughs> i don't know we could uh check in with uh adam see what adam's uh, been rocking up to see how you know the journey has been for him ah you know like like coach brought up earlier you know i helped frank bruno we did a drive straight from providence rhode island straight to new orleans louisiana and a 10-foot U-Haul. And we stopped just for gas and food. And uh, damn you, Frank, he's got me hooked on Dunkin' Donuts coffee now. <laughs> like the iced coffee. We don't have one around here. The closest one around here is like 45 minutes away. So I have to either find something at a gas station that's close to it or something that's in a can. But um, that was interesting. That was, you know, 24 hours in a truck. With anybody is always fun, but especially recording down the road, um, it turned out better than I thought it would. Um, other than that, you know, he's already came and visited, so he's already he. What he did was he went to go see Steve McNair, the gravesite in Mississippi, and he told me the story about what happened. That's insane. I mean, what happened to him? Mm -hmm. I, I, I had no idea. That that was amazing. Just then, I can't. I can't. I don't know. I can't even think about that. Hell of a football player. He was co-MVP when you were with Peyton. Took the Titans to the Super Bowl. Hell of a player. Yeah, I heard he, he, was, he, was, he was the reason why they made it. Then, uh, and then next, what we got, by the time this airs, we will, uh, we'll be me and Coach. And is, is anybody else going to Nashville, or is it just me and Coach? I have a feeling James will end up there somehow. <laughs> you uh, keep dreaming. <laughs> <laughs>
No, I'll see Coach in Nashville. So, um, I've just been traveling a little bit lately. And then, of course, we got Top Guy Weekend in Chicago. So, it's been a good year so far. Yeah. So, I drink Dunkin' every morning. Uh, so, you know, I just let you know, you? we do have it on the East Coast here. However, you didn't say you stopped to piss. Did you guys have like a jar to piss in or, uh, or like well, a bucket? Well, we piss when we got something to drink, got gas, whatever. But we need specifics. You know, they just wore the pins the whole time, man. Just wore the pins. <laughs> <laughs> what is your preferred drink at Duncan? I, I'm such an asshole. I just get hot coffee with cream. That's it. I got you. A caramel cold brew with a sweet cold foam. Oh Ooh. Jesus! Oh, I like the caramel. Yes. Mm, get that every day. See, I won like a quarter to... mile from my house. Y'all wear anything... leggings and Uggs yeah. too. And, you know, like... <laughs> hey, exactly. Hey, don't knock my side. I stay away from Starbucks for this reason because of these ridiculous orders that you just said. <laughs> I like the caramelized lattes. <laughs> and, and I'm a very perceptive gentleman. Devin, are you drinking a fucking wine cooler? I am Jack Daniels. <laughs> it's delicious. I had no Miller Lite in the house and I realized that at about five or at about so you started drinking right alcohol? <laughs> i am today yep you remember bartles and james perhaps <laughs> i called a guy bartles and james yesterday that's right you don't know about that devin <laughs> i have no idea what that is <laughs> you Zima gotta be kidding the, uh, jolly rancher huh Zima Zima and jolly rancher i remember that i remember that what's zima huh Ugh. Yeah, awesome commercials yeah. taste like complete shit, <laughs> but they had awesome commercials. Yeah. Have you ever had a Mad Dog 2020, Devin? <laughs> I had a Colt 45. <laughs> that is Those not the good. same thing. <laughs> I don't know what a Mad thing. Dog 20. What I had a Rolling Rock. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta get one for next show. Mad Dogs, they still make it. To they make it. They still they make don't it. make Night Train or Cisco anymore, but they still Boone's make. Farm. Who likes yeah, Boone Farm here, huh? Look at well, the, uh, the you know the dry there. county that I lived in. When we would go and get beer, we would uh, buy a bottle of Boone's Farm. Me and Jesse, we'd drink it on the way back. You know, responsibly. Responsibly, of course. That's still reserved to eleven. You'd get like a four pack for three dollars. Still yeah, reserved. Good, good shit. I didn't like Mad Dog though. Uh, that grape, you tasted yeah. that for days. For <laughs> <laughs> days. Hey, since we're talking about drinking, James, did anyone win your hundred dollars last week? Uh, from my knowledge, no, but there were a lot of great answers. <laughs> what was the very, very, very creative on the answers? You weren't drinking, right? You weren't no. drinking last night. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not drinking today either. Powerade, sugar free, it's the best one. Come on, K Fabe, man. K Fabe, we're all drinking. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Don't worry. I'll be back on the. I'll be Except back for on the Adam. Adam's Adam not drinks. drinking. Adam won't drink. That's good. You're better off. You are better off. Love it. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks for the feedback on my question. There were a lot of uh, interesting uh, alcohol takes from people. What was the best beer they said? Uh, best? <laughs> Probably well, I mean, Lane and Kugel. Like the weirdest. Been the best. The weirdest. <laughs> oh, they were, I got Bartles and James. I got uh, all kinds of colorful answers on that. But Lane and Kugel was really good. Obviously, Natty Light was like five replies to it. Well, that's because you're sponsored by him. Hell yeah, need to be. Shout out to Natty Light. Yeah, be mm. pretty, be pretty uh, generous of you if you were drinking a Natty Light. Someone gets Natty Light because that's where we drank. Yeah, we should all have Natty Lights <laughs> next episode. We should all have Natty Lights next episode. I agree, Devin. 
Speaking of Natty Light, cold people throwing up every sip they take. <laughs> Speaking of Natty Light, how were those pictures of Natalia and her family this week? Oh. Damn. All the way live. Roll time. Yeah. Jenny, is that the other one's name? I don't know, but JR sure knows it. <laughs> That's the truth. <laughs> I didn't know she had a name. I thought, oh, never mind. Right. I know what I want her last name to be. I'll tell you that much. I'll change that last name tomorrow. (laughs) Woo! Roll tide on that one. Yeah, definitely. We're on the roll. (laughs) All right. Well, uh, interesting stuff as always. Uh, You know, kick it over to Devin. Devin, you got uh, anything interesting happening this week? Uh, This week? No, not really. But uh, I had a topic for the show. My, uh, my topic is actually about the second show that we're covering, the SummerSlam 2018. It was the first ever pay-per-view that I went to. First ever actually televised WWE event ever. Uh, I just thought it was really fun. It was my first ever trip. I went to that SummerSlam and then the Raw and the SmackDown after. Uh, on right, Raw, <laughs> on Raw the second day, I got to be on TV because I had a big B-team sign. That was really cool. Did you, uh, uh, did you have to get like a teacher's note to leave school or how did that happen? <laughs> no, I was actually, uh, I was down in New York City at the time working for my current company, Survey Steel. I did a training program down there and I was just about like, you know, three blocks away from Barclays Center. So I got the tickets. It was easy access. Erica and my brother Xander came down, went to the shows. Yeah, it was a great time. Honestly, there was a, there was a point when I believe we were in commercial, but Corey Graves pulls out his phone and he's texting a bunch of I don't know who he's texting, but he's texting a bunch of, like, fingers are going fast as heck. And there's no one's really paying attention. I was just like, Corey Graves, get off your phone. Like, 600 people laughed. is one of the coolest experiences <laughs> I've had. <laughs> I just made 600 people laugh. The he only other probably, time uh, I do that is... Texting uh, Carmella while married to his uh, wife at the time. You know. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Just more of the bullshit that you like, Devin. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Baby face in your book, probably. (laughs) Corey Graves, Sammy Guevara, much of the same, you know. Yeah, get a picture with you, Corey, Sammy, and all their exes. (laughs) For real. (laughs) I'm sure to put the women on the outside because you're going to have to crop them out. (laughs) You know, maybe have y'all stand on one side. Uh, No, but it was a good time. Yeah. (laughs) Good shit. Actually, during SmackDown, my last thing I'll say about it, during SmackDown, the third night, I was so exhausted because we're waking up at 6 o'clock in the morning or 5 a.m. to hop on a train by 6 to go to work. The show's running at like 2 a.m. So during SmackDown, I don't even remember 205 Live. I just slept through the entire thing. <laughs> Erica has a picture of me sleeping. Everybody else does too. Yeah. <laughs> that's what you wanted me to ask you? Ask me about 205 Live. Yeah, because I don't even remember it. <laughs> you don't remember it. So that's the end of the story? <laughs> ask me about something I don't remember, please. Yeah, yeah. make sure you ask me right away. <laughs> uh, there, there was a lot of good feuds during this time. I remember that, like Samoa Joe versus AJ Styles. And I actually had a, the dark match after the show. It was uh, Samoa Joe and uh, The Miz versus Daniel Bryan and uh, AJ Styles. That was like 20 minutes. It was a really good match. I woke up for that. But <laughs> that's a long couple days, my man. Yeah, it was. Not interested. Back, back in Drew McIntyre <laughs> was a badass. Actually, uh, Top Guy Theater, Adam, your other show, you, they just you covered the NXT right before the SummerSlam. 
And I wasn't at that show, but I watched that in my hotel the night before. That was one of the best NXT takeovers they had. Little Love little it. shout out to them. Shout out to Top Guy Theater. Like it's the same thing. Cookies <laughs> and cream fudge is awesome. It's just so perfect timing. <laughs> oh man. Like my beaver. Oh man. I love beaver. It's just nice to have Adam and Coach sitting still. That's right. <laughs> For real. Anyway, uh, I think you got something for us, James, don't you? I suppose so. I mean, what's it titled? It's titled <laughs> The Spirit of Jerry Seinfeld. Interesting. I actually read this today and I was like, huh. <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot I mentioned something relative like that, but not a. Uh, I'm not talking about Jerry Seinfeld for sure. That's what people are wondering. But, you know, it came to me in a uh, pissed off stupor when I was waiting to get my tires replaced. So I guess in the uh, vein of Jerry Seinfeld, what's the deal with expensive tires? Those <laughs> tires are fucking outrageously expensive, and it took forever to get done. It's been a hell of a week, man, really expensive. That was a very expensive day, uh, terribly expensive day. And then, uh, you know, they still couldn't figure out why my car wouldn't start, so that's fun stuff. So I'm pretty much gambling every time I go out to my car and turn it on. Always uh, exciting. I went, to, uh, I went to the bar on Friday. It was oh, a little shit. after party at a, a place with a pool, you know, we're having a great time. And I was like, hey, I'm going to jump in one last time before we leave. Jump in, bam, contacts fly out. So I'm going to be wearing these glasses for the foreseeable future, you know. And then as we were going to leave, um, my buddy and his girlfriend got into an argument as we were leaving. And he's like, well, I'm staying. And she's like, what? You're going. And I'm like, and there I am just like, hey, do I still get a ride? <laughs> do I need to book an Uber? <laughs> You know, so like, yeah, just a day in the life, man. <laughs> day in the life. Dude, I have definitely been in that situation. <laughs> talking about what time of night was this, by the way? That the pool job? Uh, it was probably around like four or five in the morning. Ah, that's awesome. You jumping in the pool at four or five in the morning? Yeah, man. Get a ride home, maybe. maybe I mean, not. I'm living a I'm living a nature boy lifestyle, if you know what I'm saying. Like a uh, overweight nature. So, uh, yeah, I think we titled it "Overweight Nature." I'm gonna grow my hair or dye my hair blonde, and you know. <laughs> I got a little uh, attire I can strut around in and just be overweight Nate. So, uh, Wear that belt. You want to give a special shout out to my main man, Sorensen? You know, it's his story to tell, but uh, obviously want to give a thank you to him. Generous dude. He is a generous, generous guy for sure. I guess who keeps talking? Huh? Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I mean, <laughs> enough about, you know, that. We can woo on over to uh, what Devin was talking about. And it's uh, SummerSlam 2018. And our uh, next match that we're covering is uh, Dolph Ziggler versus Seth Rollins. It uh, took place August 19th, 2018 from the Barclays Center in Brooklyn. Love that. You know, Jay-Z had a very intricate part of that being uh, established and built. So always love the Barclays Center, you know. But uh, fuck everything else about the North. Ha! I'm just kidding. But uh, <laughs> the attendance is uh, 16,169. And some of that was Devin and his peeps. So that's awesome. Uh, the match link was pretty much 22 minutes. And the Meltzer gave it three and three-quarter stars. But enough about that bullshit. Uh, since you were in attendance, Devin, how did we get here? Yeah, this was actually a fantastic buildup. I, uh, I really enjoyed this whole feud between Seth Rollins and Dolph Ziggler. 
It started back on June 18th, actually a Monday Night Raw after the Money in the Bank, where Seth Rollins successfully defended the Intercontinental title against Elias. The next night, he issued an open challenge for anyone to answer to challenge him for the Intercontinental title. That was answered by Drew McIntyre and Dolph Ziggler. They weren't really sure. The commentary wasn't really sure who was going to answer it. But Dolph Ziggler ended up answering and winning the title that very night. Uh, The following uh, week on Raw, Seth Rollins issued his rematch clause. And during that match, Drew McIntyre got involved. And Seth Rollins won by disqualification. And that kind of led up to the 30-minute Ironman match at Extreme Rules. Uh, This was a couple weeks later after... That Dolph Ziggler retained in overtime, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, Drew McIntyre again interfered to help him get the upper hand and defeat Seth Rollins. Um, then the next few weeks, Seth Rollins went on a PR tour in China, so he wasn't on Raw for a couple weeks. And the final week, right before Raw, uh, the general manager at the time, Kurt Angle, said that there was going to be a contract signing between Dolph Ziggler and Seth Rollins. And Dolph Ziggler kept screaming if uh, Seth Rollins doesn't show up tonight then the match is going to be off I'm gonna win by forfeit so built up the entire show the contract signing was at 10 50 10 minutes left in the show Dolph Ziggler's cutting a hell of a promo just saying how him and Drew McIntyre are the best how he's going to take this title to new heights and then just as he signed just as Dolph Ziggler signs the contract and passes it back over to Kurt Angle Seth Rollins music hits but Seth Rollins was not alone Drew McIntyre, or Dolph Ziggler pointed out in the contract that Seth was allowed to have someone by his side. Just then, the returning Dean Ambrose comes back to the WWE. Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins hit the ring, beat the crap out of Drew McIntyre. Dolph Ziggler left his man alone. They hit the dirty deeds at the time and uh, the curb stomp. And then (laughs) all my guys fell over. But that kind of led up to this. Seth Rollins signs the contract, gives it back to Kurt Angle. And then we're here to start SummerSlam. Seth Listen Rollins to that excitement. I love the excitement, Devin. That is excitement, man. You like this match. You like this buildup. You're a happy man. I did. I love this. I love the whole show. And when we said that we were covering this, I was just so excited to go back. And, you know, I watched a couple Raws right before this pay-per-view just to get the story <laughs> back. But. I saw the exclamation points in the group text. So I know <laughs> how excited you were. So, real uh, before this match gets started, though, guys, I have to say they, you know, they they announce they they show the Spanish announced team, and then they show the German announced team, and then they speak German. You don't understand a word of it except for SummerSlam, right? Is SummerSlam not a German word? Like you can't. <laughs> I can understand them saying Dolph Ziggler in English, but Summer and Slam, nope, English. I just thought that was funny. I don't know why. I'm alone. Anyway, so we have uh, an entrance there from Dean Ambrose. And you said you had goosebumps, right, Devin? Oh, I did when he returned. And then we have, uh, of course, Seth that comes in right after him. Now, the announced team for this is what is it, James? Huh? You know who the announced team? Are you, uh, are you asking me who it is? Do you know? I know who one of them yeah, is. Yeah, Coachman. The coach. Yeah. I was uh, obviously out of wrestling for a lot of his uh, run in wrestling, but since his Zoom with us, I'd had free shows, his last wrestling interview ever. Uh, Ever since I've gone back and seen him on commentary, I have a newfound respect for him because that Zoom, his last uh, interview ever on adfreeshows.com, was uh, very insightful and really, uh, really entertaining. And I kind of, I respect him a lot more after that. So we have Seth in the blue and gold. Coach, is this your favorite version of Seth Rollins? 
No, this one right now. I like the one that we have right now. I know that uh, not many people like it, but I like that laugh. I like the uh, obnoxiousness. I like them right now. Yeah, I agree. I, I think whatever version, except for one, no more Monday Night Messiah, please. <laughs> that, that was hard, man. That was hard to watch. So we have a Dolph Ziggler entrance, and he is with Mike's boyfriend, Drew McIntyre. <laughs> Shout out, right, Mike? So Mike, That's a callback. Because <laughs> yeah, he is Scottish, right, Mike? So, that but Mike, this, Mike, this isn't the first person that, Drew ha that uh, Dolph Ziggler has brought out with him. Is he? I'm not talking about in the ring now. I'm talking about the rub, bringing him out. Is he a star maker? I think so. I mean, even in the ring against his opponents, he can make stars. You know, I think so, back and I think of another special guy that we talked about last week, Big E. You know, and to me, like the guy just uh, makes whoever he is around in any capacity better. So. Let's talk about the ring gear, Devin, of Dolph Ziggler. Is that a callback to anybody in particular? Uh, it just reminded me of Rick Rude, to be honest. That championship, the tights, the whole getup remind me of the marvelous one. So, guys, just uh, if you ever are listening to ad-free shows, any of Conrad Thompson's podcasts, and you submit a question, if you put the name Rick Rude in there, your question will get asked. Just a little uh, <laughs> little something out there for you guys if you ever want to hear your name called. So, uh, but James, I had a question about Dean Ambrose in this. Mm -hmm. Did he look happy to you? And was he long for this world? Nah, he didn't look, uh, he didn't look pleased. And it did just kind of seem monotonous of them being there. I mean, maybe it was, he was supposed to look that way, like to intimidate Drew from interfering and all that stuff, but he just kind of like going through the motion type thing. Like, yeah. I'm here for the payday. <laughs> you know? Five months after this, he was gone five months yeah. later. Well, and that was before they ruined him on the way out, you know, that stupid gas mask shit and all that yeah. stuff. Well, if I can uh, kind of spoil alert for the next night on Raw, they didn't even have a, like, you know, exciting show. It was just Dean Ambrose versus Drew McIntyre, not even, like, displayed or anything. It was, like, the second match on the show. Oh, that's the death match. Yeah, it's not even like it's not even built up. Yeah, I to me it looked like he was ready to leave, but yeah, also he doesn't ever look happy. <laughs> you know, it's not like he's this guy like, hey, happy to be here in AEW. No, he doesn't do that either. But like I was saying about Dolph Ziggler, he always looks great in the ring gear. He always has something something cool going on. Adam that Hollywood, well, that Hollywood kind of is like what his brother's doing now because his brother is the Hollywood hunk in AEW. So oh yeah. So it's, it's kind of funny how he's Hollywood here, Miles Beverly Hills, but then four years later, now he's the Hollywood hunk, his brother is. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, that is cool. Adam, but how good of a wrestler, seller is Dolph Ziggler? Oh, Jesus Christ. Dolph Ziggler, Seth Rollins, both of the top five sellers in WWE right now. Probably top three behind AJ Styles. I mean, they're the best sellers. Anytime, and the, and the way they're using Ziggler now, Pisses me off. He shouldn't be in a tag team, which, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love Bobby Roode. He shouldn't be in a tag team either. They should be two top-tier guys, and they're just not using them right. Uh, using Ziggler to go back to NXT a few months ago was awesome because that kind of builds up a couple of guys. But then after that, they ain't done nothing else with him. Well, if you actually watch recently, uh, and I know some of us – I had a tough time watching last week, of course. No one wanted to watch wrestling me. Go figure. But 
uh, they have got Ziggler back into the picture with this money in the bank now again with uh, theory. Uh, and I, and it looks like he may have a face turn, but he may tease me as well with that. And I, I tell you what, he is still, you think he's a mid card guy, but then you see the reaction he gets from people and it seems like he can do whatever he wants in this, uh, this great, uh, in this great sport, huh? <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, so coach, I was going to ask you though, what, do you think he's a big personality? Dolph Ziggler? Yeah. Yes. Yes. I, I most definitely do. I wish that, uh, he was maybe four or five inches taller. He would be uh, a Mount Rushmore wrestler. You know, if he had uh, Drew McIntyre's body and frame and his personality and work set, uh, he would be awesome. I mean, you, Dolph really think could, you think that just holds him back as his size? I do, especially when you're in WWE for that many years. Uh, they tend to go with uh, size over the the smaller guys. I think he would have had. Uh, even a bigger push if he was bigger and more slow. So we have a slow start to the, with the moves because it looks like it's more about everybody, the story around it. So it, it takes some time. Ziggler keeps leaving the ring. And do you think this helps the match, Adam, when he keeps leaving the ring and working the crowd? Well, see, it's a heel thing. That's what heels do. They, after a couple of moves, they powder and reset. I mean, it just kind of builds anticipation for the match. So as long as he don't do it too much, I think it's okay. If he, you know, he only does it a couple times, but as long as he don't do it too many times, I think it's okay. Mike, you agree? Yeah. You as a fan, see, I, I mean, when I looked at Adam, you know, I look at him as it's something he might be doing. As a fan, does it irritate you? I don't know. I mean, yeah. Gotcha. So I'm sorry. Go ahead. That was a great answer, Mike. <laughs> All right. Maybe a sound, maybe a sound cut out again. Do you want to answer that again, Mike? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, I love you. I love you more. <laughs> Ziggler been around the, your whole wrestling career, Devin? Uh just about. I mean, uh, he came in uh, prominence around 2005 with the whole cheerleader gimmick with but the Spirit Squad. Him? Did you hate uh, him as a kid? Uh, well, I hated the, the Spirit Squad for sure. The and then, uh, when Dolph Ziggler, when he was with, you kind of alerted to earlier, when he was with Biggie Langston and AJ Lee, that's when I started like really falling in love with Dolph, became a big fan of him. And then he had that huge pop cashing his money in the bank. And I was, I was sold since then. He's been in my top 10. Definitely. I love the I love the Spirit Squad. You're crazy. Well, it's a great heel faction because it's just irritating enough yeah. that you hate them. Like it's, at, looking at it now, I mean, that, it makes sense. They were unlikable, unlikable. Oh, I've went back and watched some of their stuff, and now I can appreciate them. Appreciate yeah. how like cheesy and how you know how kiddish they acted. But back then, when I was like seven, I hated their guts. <laughs> you were seven. But, in 2005? <laughs> yeah, turned eight in November. Dolph Ziggler is about the same age as your dad, Devin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dolph he's, 40, he's 42 years old. How old is your dad? Uh, 43. Just turned 43. 43. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> we got to do this every freaking time, don't we? We have to do this every day. Hey, by the way, how's Erica? Oh, she's fantastic. Oh, man. God. <laughs> <laughs> and after, you, after she finds out you, she, you drank her uh, wine coolers, Oh, uh, she'll be all right with it. She does, she's not a big fan of these ones, but these ones are Kirsten's. 
<laughs> what a life. What a fucking life this dude leaves. Yeah. A lot of pussy the reason he can't go to Top Guy Weekend, he'll miss out on the menage a trois every night, you know? That's why he's <laughs> no. not going. It's called a non-sexual poly relationship. Oh, okay. All <laughs> <laughs> oh, that horse shit. <laughs> all right. Uh, Let's get this it's, thing it's back all on fun. track, huh? Uh, hey, uh, what do you think, James? Do you think this is too much of a focus on uh, what's going on outside the ring in this match? I I kind of do in a sense because uh I, this was one of my favorite feuds like the the back and forth program between like Ziggler and Rollins I think they had a shit ton of really good matches between you know these like couple months they were paired together so just to see like oh it's on the outside of the ring oh there's Drew oh and here comes you know Dean Ambrose to make sure like I mean like okay if you do it five fucking times and then throughout the match it's it's a bit much so, Adam, let's talk about the three-minute and 24-second headlock. Oh. <laughs> what the hell's going on here, man? Rest spot and going over moves. How long do you need to do this? <laughs> Was it really Come that on. long, three minutes? Give us the sauce. I made it up. Just to tell you. <laughs> I must have missed it. I'm sitting there watching it again. <laughs> it's, it's, a pretty, it's over two minutes. I promise you that. It's over two minutes and two minutes of sitting there watching. It's a long ass time. But do you, do you think that this could have been like, what, what are they doing? They really talking about what they're going to do next for two and a half minutes, three minutes. Maybe, maybe they probably rested a minute, but then kind of talking about what's going over. But I, I don't think they did the whole time. I think it did last a little too long if it was two minutes. But so, uh, Seth, uh, so Seth went over the rope, hits hard onto the mat. The announcers are selling the shit out of this knee, Michael Cole. Ziggler with a cross body rolls through and rolls through by Rollins rolls through it, but Ziggler reverses and sends Rollins outside the ring again. Both hurt. Mike, did you did you think that these ref counts were really really slow? <laughs> yeah, they were, but I'm, they were just playing with the match, I guess. Exactly, playing to the crowd, right? I mean, I, yeah, and you mentioned um when you were mentioning uh, Dolph Ziggler's outfit, I noticed uh. Seth Rollins, he had the one leg golden. Wasn't that his hurt leg? I think that's what they were going for. I thought a three CPO. Okay. Because I was wondering if they did it on purpose, like do something <laughs> like that because that's his injured leg or something like that. And You know, I didn't think about it. I noticed it. It was different. I didn't think about it. That's a good point. Something maybe we can look into. So mm -hmm. Ziggler's selling the exhaustion, Adam. Is this too much? Knowing how good of an athlete they both are, because even during a match, they both talk about how much of a gas tank they both have. I think it may have been, but they stayed pretty high paced in most of the match. Because, I mean, what, how long was this imagine it being? Like 18 minutes, something like that? 22, roughly. Yeah. I don't know if that counted ring. I don't high, know if that counted entrances, but maybe. 22 yeah. minutes of high paced wrestling is a lot when you're in the ring. Especially running, going out of the ring, you know, doing their dives and clotheslines. They that one clothesline, the one suplex that they did where they went over the top rope. All that stuff, man, it's, just, it's energy. It takes a lot of energy. So I can imagine they were both out of breath here because 20, 22 minutes in the ring is insane. It really is. James, I have not seen any notes on this. I have not heard any podcasts on this. But is there any doubt in your mind that Dolph Ziggler is a fan of Shawn Michaels? Oh, for sure. Hell, even he, all of his mannerisms kind of mirror it. Like, exactly, you know, the way he gets up, 
obviously the way he tunes up the band kicks the way he reacts, like whips his hair the same i mean it's like a carbon copy almost did anybody throughout their wrestling fandom think that Dolph and Sean were stupid to smack their foot before they did the super kick because it's going to signal the opponent that it's coming? I mean, did anybody ever think that? I always yeah, and, and Seth, you know, stomps his foot, you know, when they're burn it down. And Drew McIntyre, one, two, three. Yeah. <laughs> they're tuning up the band. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right. You're right. I, there's a lot of setups like to me yeah. like all right like everybody maybe she's getting out of the ring yeah right oh shit he's stomping on the mat i'm gonna you know roll what's gonna out happen for yeah they had to look and see what's going on <laughs> so you have rollins uh, he did this brain buster off the top rope mike what'd you think of that uh, oh the inverted uh suplex that was one of the two moves i anyway I, incredible right Crowd goes ape shit when they he does that the two suplex thing. The crowd is going fucking nuts, and then it leads to a false count and then a standing ovation when the match is still going on. I thought that was really interesting. So now at this point, James, did you forget maybe now these people are on the outside? Well, yeah. Once uh, once you get lost in the sauce, you know you don't really think about like. Oh, this is happening. And then all of a sudden, you know, throw Dean Ambrose into the table and we're back to the outside bullshit. <laughs> Devin, what did you think of the DDT on the apron to Ziggler from, uh, or the DDT from Ziggler on the apron? Oh, uh, well, Seth sold it tremendously, I thought. But I, I kind of, I want to add on your last question that James is talking about. I think that the two men on the outside, Dean Ambrose and Drew McIntyre, kind of helped this match stay in the ring. Like, for most of the 22 minutes, like, probably 19 of them were in the ring, in in-ring action, not messing around on the outside like a lot of the wrestling matches on this card do. So almost working like a, a lumberjack match in a way. Yeah, kind of, because the two men, Drew McIntyre and Dean Ambrose, would always just stare at each other on the outside and allow the other two men to gather and get back into the ring. So after that DDT on the apron, <laughs> this drives me crazy, Adam. The exhaustion again from <laughs> Ziggler after he hits this move and does not capitalize on it. I know this is by design. As an in-ring performer, does this drive you nuts as well? Well, didn't after the DDT, didn't uh, Rollins went to the outside. Yep. Yeah. And so uh, I guess it. the only thing I can think of is like, here, I'm, here it is right here. It just builds the anticipation of, oh, okay, Ziggler's going to sneak out with a, with a count out. Oh, okay. But again, oh, coach, how long was that count? <laughs> I got to 13 and the ref was like, his hand was going for number 10 and he pulled it back at the last minute. So uh, <laughs> fan wise, I went, oh, you know, yeah, it was definitely 13 or 14. Mike, what is Dolph Ziggler's finishing move? Oh, I don't know. Zigzag. There's three of them. There's three of them. Yeah. There's the zigzag. There's the famous, sir. There's the super kick. But guess what? Everyone kicks out of all of them. <laughs> Guy needs a finisher, man. So everybody kicks out of the super kick now. Everybody does. Because everybody, everybody freaking does it. Just saying, the guy needs to freaking close out a deal. Yeah. He's a closer deal. He's not a closer. <laughs> <laughs> He's a great hearing performer, but he doesn't close the deal. Zigzag is blocked by Rollins. Uh, then there was a kick by Rollins. Rollins splash. The, the knees got up, kicks out at two. 
Ziggler gets a little cocky in the ring. He's talking. Ziggler missing uh, the famouser. Go figure. <laughs> Rollins. Then we're then it was the movie guys were talking about. I was actually talking about another brainbuster, believe it or not. But the the Rollins off the top inverted suplex plex into the brainbuster. Can someone please tell me how this isn't the finisher, James? How is this better than the stomp, or not as good as the stomp? Like, I was ready for it, man. They popped huge for it too, but yeah, I don't. I don't know. I guess that's all part of the act, <laughs> you know. Get that hot, hot set of moves, and get that fucking false finish, and yeah, get everybody up, down, up, down, fucking roller coaster. Coach, what'd you think of the move? I I liked it. I this match made me think of what AEW is today, because a lot of times people are complaining that AEW has so many uh, false finishes and it's a spot fest. Well, look at this match right here in 2018. Great match. Spot fest, a lot of false finishes, crowd on their feet, hype as hell. You know, it works. You know, so for for the wrestling fans of today, they like that. I'm starting to adapt to it, and I, I like it as well. Yeah. Well, what did you uh, – Devin, you were in the crowd. What, what happened? Like, how good was it? Was it piped in, or was that uh, the real deal? So there was some parts that were piped in, uh, like especially – earlier in the match but no this part this part of the match everyone was involved i remember i was on the edge of my seat watching i've always been a huge seth rollins fan and like i said during this time i love Dolph ziggler as well so this whole match i was on the edge of my seat mike why do you think this is not the finisher because they had to do their own finish <laughs> i don't know um they had to have that excitement in there the kick out of something of a big move. I mean, it happens all the time now. They do a big move and they have to do the kick out and have that excitement of the false finish. And then everybody bitches about a false finish. Adam, how much trust goes into this move? Oh, God, a lot. You know, because if you're looking at Ziggler, you're putting almost everything into Seth Rollins because all, all Ziggler can do is just sit back. So he posts up on the outside post, but other than that, you're you're putting everything into Seth Rollins, making sure he don't slip, make sure he pulls him back far enough, make sure he times the landing right. I mean, there's a lot goes into that suplex from from that rope. It's unreal. It's a lot right. of trust. So something strange happened here. Uh, Rollins started bleeding. And I don't think it was on purpose. No, he hard weighed. I'm I just seen it. He just hard weighed. Yeah. So could James? What is this rubber gloves nonsense that the ref put on? Well, you know, <laughs> ever since Magic got AIDS, man, the game changed. <laughs> a long time after that, <laughs> right? <laughs> well, you know, you got like a, what's that shit that uh, they, like staph infection and all that stuff, you know, from bloody mats. Yeah. A hell of a turn. Sure. I saw people <laughs> slapping their hands on tacks recently for, <laughs> yeah. without, without gloves. I just want to know what you thought of that because I, I yeah. listen, maybe, maybe it happens all the time. Maybe they just brought it to my attention because they said it. I don't remember that happening much. So, yeah, I'm sure I'll get corrected on Twitter for this one. <laughs> Probably. Uh, <laughs> so, um, buckle bomb into the corner. Now, Adam, real quick, does this buckle bomb, does that hurt? It all depends on how you hit it. And it depends on if you whiplash with it. Yep. Because if you I'll hit tell you it what, wrong, it looks like it hurts. That's all I'm saying. It looks real. Oh, you know, it looks bad. I mean, it, but it all depends on how you hit it, honestly. But if you if you hit it too low, you can buckle your head forward. If you hit it too high, you can whiplash back. So if you don't hit it right, uh, you can really mess somebody up. 
Isn't this the move Seth Rollins put Sting out with for yeah, a yeah. while? Oh, yeah. great, point. great point. I forget about it. You know, I forget shit. You know, we're all human. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly what happened. And uh, in a sense, it's kind of what put Finn down, too, uh, on that SummerSlam match. He did it to the barricade, but same type of thing. Yeah, yeah I'm surprised Seth is still doing it. That's right. I'm surprised he's still doing it, too. It does yeah. look like it looks very pain. It looks just looks bad on your back. So yeah, Dean handles it. Right, it'll really mess you up. Have you ever taken it, Adam? Oh, God, no. No. <laughs> Dean handles McIntyre on the outside with the dirty deeds. Called something else today, but dirty deeds right now. And then we have a super uh, kick to Ziggler and into the stomp by Rollins. One, two, three. Tremendous match. I, I can't put Ziggler over. I, I'm a mark for Ziggler because I, I, I as you can tell by the way this uh, conversation went, <laughs> I, I just don't think there's anybody better that, uh, that he just sells it. He makes everybody look great. So um, this was actually the end of Dolph Ziggler's sixth championship intercontinental championship reign. He's uh he's only behind two people, and that is uh the Miz and Chris Jericho. Yep. Oh, you re- really the the assistant manager, uh, yeah, Mr. Jeff Jarrett, doesn't have enough of these. <laughs> Stop giving Double J crap. Y'all like the hey. wide intercontinental belt right here? Yep. This guy, this guy busted my balls all the time about giving Double J crap, Coach. You know I still don't have that action figure, by the way. It is July, by the way. July, <laughs> as we record this, 24. <laughs> I do not have that action figure, but I still love Double J. I don't care. By the way, he's doing two things this coming weekend. That's pretty cool for the WWE and for Ric Flair. So that's great to see Double J be able to do those two things. So, again, I, I, I thought the match was fantastic. Um, did any, anybody have anything to add? Did you uh, like the white belt right here? What? The white intercontinental belt. Did you like it or do you like the black yeah. strap? I'm white not a belt, belt. guy. I'm white not a belt, belt all day. I love the white belt. Yeah. I'm with you guys. My favorite intercontinental championship is this one right here. The old yeah. school with the white strap. Mm-hmm. Probably going to get people pissed on this. I don't own a belt. <laughs> so, just not my thing, but yeah. Fucking Mark. <laughs> <laughs> so I know that this match was all right. At the, right after this match, though, I have to say this real quick. The Renee Bellas. Young, <laughs> yes. Renee Young in the back. Renee Young in the back introducing the Bellas, but they are talking about the first women's pay per view, which I thought was a nice callback uh, uh, in the archives, you know, episode uh, <laughs> 13. So. Uh, again, if anybody has anything to add, we can move on. But I, I, I love got this. A, match. I got a quote. Okay. A really good one. Uh, I can't remember who said this. I think it was Corey Graves. It was uh, when asked about being reunited with Ambrose, Seth says it always feels right. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. Seth always says him and Ambrose just feels right. I've seen recently in an interview that Seth Rollins had outside of the WWE that he said that he honestly doesn't see a Shield reunion until they're all getting inducted to the Hall of Fame. I don't see Mox coming back. Do you? No, and I don't see the other two ever going across the pond to AEW. I do. Not after you read Mox's book. I mean, he he really hated that end of the uh, experience in WWE. We never say never, right? But um, I see Jericho coming back before him. Jericho came back for uh, Stone Cold's podcast. 
So I think he'd come back for the right price. I think he'll retire there. Yeah. I think he'll go in the Hall of Fame. I, I, now that I've seen Cody go back, I, I mean, Everybody anything could happen. Back. I mean, to me, that guy was a, one of the creators to me. So if he Jericho leave, said he, it. Jericho said it multiple times. If he texts Vince McMahon right now, he'd get a response within five minutes. So we know they're still close. Might not matter today, though, huh? <laughs> yeah, that's true. I didn't even think about hey, that. Hey, Chris, yeah, I'm just chilling at home. I, uh, call Stephanie. <laughs> call call Nick Khan. Yeah, call Nick Khan. <laughs> what a weird time in the business, guys. Ain't that the truth. Um. Speaking of uh, weird times, I guess that concludes that match. And uh, now it's on to America's favorite segment. And actually, we're a worldwide podcast, so this could be a worldwide favorite segment. Waka, waka, waka with Adam from Bama. Why the fuck did we name it that? Where the hell did y'all get that name from? Waka, waka, waka. What a bunch of assholes we are. So I I got a couple of uh, some great dad jokes, corny jokes whatever you want to call them. So this one actually comes from Frank Bruno's dad, Mr. Frank Bruno II. Oh. So he says, why didn't the union want to unionize the cemetery workers? Hmm. Because it was a dead issue. Waka, waka, waka. <laughs> and why don't, this come from Money Mike in the group chat. He don't know I got it yet, but he'll find out. He'll hear it now. <laughs> he says, uh, why don't ducks fly upside down? Because they quack up. Waka, waka, waka. <laughs> and then I found this one online myself. Why don't, the, why don't they play poker in the jungle? Because there's too many cheetahs. <laughs> the last couple of them I liked this week. So thank you for the entries. And I need plenty, plenty more. I got a couple more coming. Um, I got Martin Nelson one for next week, so he got me a good one. But I still need a few more, so keep them coming, guys. People love sending that kind of shit in. Don't you? <laughs> You're gonna have no problem at all. Right. I love them. I love them dad jokes. Well, up next on the agenda, it appears uh, <laughs> me <laughs> and. I got nothing. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, I already talked about, you know, my issues and such. So, uh, you know, Rosie, you got anything you'd like to add real quick? Well, uh, part of it also with the movies is we're going to feature a TV show. And since I spent uh, five days in Albuquerque, New Mexico for a basketball tournament, I decided to really do a deep dive into the locations of the TV show Breaking Bad. Uh, many of many people rank Breaking Bad as one of the top 10 television series of all time. It uh, aired from 2008 to 2013, and it centers around a teacher who ends up with terminal cancer, who, uh, along with one of his former students, they come up with the ultimate recipe for the very best meth in all of the United States. And uh, they mix and mingle with different uh, characters, different gangsters. And throughout the entire show, uh, it shows the relationship not only between teacher and student, but you have a husband and wife relationship. You have um, brother-in-law's relationship with him and Hank and the police atmosphere. 
and it and it was the spawn of the television show everybody's talking about today, Better Call Saul. So what I did was I went to four of the locations of the television show to get a feel for it. I went to Walter White's house. It looks exactly the same as the television show, except now they got about a 10 foot uh, fence around the house uh, because people are just driving constantly up and down the road taking pictures. I also went to the office of uh, Sal Good, uh, Better Call Saul's office. It's now a bar called Bourbon something or other. You know, that, that even made the dogs mad. Uh, and then the best spot was I went to uh, El Pollo Hermano, the, the chicken joint. Los Pollos at, Hermanos. Yeah, Los Pollos Hermanos, which is actually called Twisters. It's a chicken joint in uh, Albuquerque called Twisters. But they have a, a, a beautiful segment of the, of the restaurant where they kept the uh, original set. So if, if you like Breaking Bad, Go to Albuquerque. You can see all the locations. Check out all the stories. The, the locals are really hip to Breaking Bad, and they love to talk about it. So I'd, I'll open up to you guys. Did uh, you guys follow the show, and uh, what was your favorite part of it? Loved it. I thought I think it ranks, like, in the top three. I thought it was an amazing, amazing series. Loved it. I don't want to give any spoilers away, but there's a oh, – Yeah, because it ended in 2013. Well, hey, man, uh, you ago. haven't seen a hell, you know, you're over here fucking drinking on the beach all the damn time. You know, I don't know. I haven't, who said I haven't seen it? Have Devin seen hasn't it? seen it. It's a good I, 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 I watched the first two seasons and I stopped and I and I'm sad about it. What a dude. What a guy. I've seen like random episodes because my best friend, well, my ex best friend, he used to watch it all the time. And then like, uh, I just, I don't know. I've never sat down and watched it myself. Was him. that another one of your polyamorous relationships? <laughs> no, 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 no. Just uh, I feel like I got to tread lightly on that one. I'm gonna, I'm gonna let it go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we can talk. We can talk in the group chat about that one. All right, no problem. Uh, I, I felt I could feel it. Feel <laughs> the tenseness. So my dad, uh, on just this is a quick, quick hitter here. So we're out. We're getting ready to go out to dinner um, during this vacation, and my wife dresses up nice with the dress. My, my one daughter dresses up nice. My, my oldest daughter just has a t-shirt and like a skirt on. And, and my, my wife and my mom, my mom are giving her such a hard time about it. And then she changed. But then I'm looking at my dad. He's got a Walter White shirt on from Breaking Bad. And my son has an NWO shirt on. And my mom says to my son, boy, you look great. What kind of bullshit is that? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> I just think it's so funny how women are judged differently. But uh, I'm sure I'm in trouble for that one. Hopefully they don't make it all good at this episode. <laughs> Uh, I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm going to continue watching the show, and my dad loves it. Everybody I know loves it. That's pretty much everybody's favorite show. It's, it's up Love there. It. A lot of good stuff there. A lot of good twists and turns, and the evolution of the Walter White character throughout it is pretty amazing. Like, it's a really good show. But uh, I uh -oh. guess uh, speaking, uh -oh. of, speaking of polyamorous and, you know, all this crazy fucking... Brad, <laughs> what you got up for us next? So I like again. I this is the freaking change the record, right? We're not doing FMKs every week, are we? But I put it out there that we needed more FMK, and I'm getting them in my inbox. So we're doing one. This comes to us from now. You're gonna help me have to help me with the last name again, James. Mike Bober or Bobber? Bober. Bober. 
He sent one to us, and this is the, well, half of it is. Half of it is very different. Let's start with the first half. It is the American Pie edition. Not the guys, though. <laughs> the guys are different. So this is just the women. So, Allison Hannigan, Mina Savari. Am I saying that right? Savari? Sure. Sure. She was in a lot. And Natasha Lyon. Now, let's, let's talk about who they were on the show. Allison Hannigan, she was in a How I Met Your Mother and stuff like that, but she was the one from Bandcamp. Band, so oh, yeah, the Bandcamp. Uh, Mina Savari, Savari was the one that dated the jock, but she was the singer, okay? And Natasha Lyon was the friend of the really hot girl, okay? So she was the friend of, what's her name? But anyway, look her up, look him up. Natasha Lyon. the friend of Tara Reid? Yes, thank you. Thank you so much. Well, so I know Devin is Googling as we speak because, again, are you ready, Devin? Oh, I'm good. I've seen this movie multiple times. I just wanted to get the actors, you know, fresh yeah. in my head. So I threw up Google. But I already knew my answer, too. But go ahead. I have a feeling I know the answers. So I'm going to start with uh, who I'm marrying. And that's going to be Allison Hannigan. I loved her in so many different shows, so many different movies. She's great as Lily and How I Met Your Mother, like you said. Uh, yeah, I'm going to marry Allison Hannigan for sure. Then um, I think I'm after sleep with uh, Natasha Leone. She's redhead. She seems kind of freaky. You know, I've seen her in a lot of different shows. She's always smoking cigarettes and drinking alcohol. Seems to like yeah. to party. She was in Orange is the New Black. Yeah, she was. She was also, uh, I can't remember the name of the show, but I just watched one show recently with her in it. It's Leone. I said Lion, so I'm wrong. Uh, that's a, I thought it was Leon. It might be. I'm, I'm not sure, honestly. I just thought you were correcting me indiscreetly. No, uh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> but, and then out of process of elimination, really nothing against her because she's a beautiful woman, but Mina Savari, she's got to go. Wow. It is Leon. All right. Leon, I'm glad that it happened here. I want it to happen it. here. Not on Twitter. It happen here because now we're punctuation. But I think I said Savari wrong, so it doesn't matter. All right, Coach. Well, just based on the uh, their characters, I'm going to base it off the characters in their show. Yeah, absolutely. Right. I'm going to F the uh, athlete's girlfriend because if she's an athlete's girlfriend, she's hooked up with a lot of other athletes. Um, so I would say that she knows how to get it done. One night stand, why not? Um I would kill the band camp girl because her voice is annoying. I couldn't deal with that for life. But Tara Reed, you know, the friend, you can tell that she's loyal in the show. So I think she'll be loyal for life. I am shocked. I am freaking shocked at how this is going. Mike, what do you got? I am going to, let's see. I was looking up who they were. Um, the me, uh, is it Mina? Whatever her name is. I'm going to marry her because she's just gotten in gorgeous. <laughs> I'm going to fuck Natasha because she's like a party chick. Yeah. And I will kill Allison because, yeah, like her singing and all that other shit. I just, I don't know. I don't have a thing for her. <laughs> I'm looking at her picture. I'm looking at her picture now. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I can go. Adam, I know you're excited. Come on. Okay. So I'm marrying Allison Hennigan because she's the freak, the bank camp. Um, I'm effing Mina Safari and killing Natasha Leon just out of process of elimination because Mina Safari just looks like she'd be a, she'd be fun, but 
Who doesn't learn? Who doesn't love a band camp chick? Those are the freakiest ones. True. Just not That's that I know fast. or anything. Not, <laughs> not that I know. James. All right, uh, I'm fucking Stifler's mom. I'm, uh, <laughs> Nadia is probably up here. I'm effing uh, Elizabeth, Shannon Elizabeth, yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, fucking Tara Reed also. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Uh, man. He had to purposely left those three out. <laughs> <laughs> For real. That's the game. I love it. I think the guy I'm gets it. I'm kind of with, uh, with Adam on this <laughs> This band camp freak, man. You know, I'm probably marrying her because hell yeah. You know, she's uh gets gets down with the get down, if you know what I'm saying. She can play my skin flute all day. That's and, what she uh, played too. Was the yeah. flute. See? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh I guess I'm fucking Natasha because I the she looks like the type of chick that would fuck me. Like <laughs> meaning her uh like she's kind of the partier type of style, like. I can see her, me and her getting drunk and me actually, uh, you know, getting lucky. I can see that. But then, uh, so I guess that leaves old Mina on the outs. Wow. I I am surprised at these <laughs> answers. Now, listen, I am not competing with the flute on a daily basis. So, as we know from Bandcamp. Compete, you, you allow it to join you. All right, listen, I don't need to be shown up by anything, okay? I, <laughs> Uh, we want to be shown Ribbed up for her night. pleasure. Yeah, for one night I'll be shown up. I'm not going to be shown up for the rest of my oh, life. I'm just I'm fuck I'm fucking her. That's it. I'm not going to have. I'm not going to be sitting next to this flute that's upright all every every night of my life. So that's out. I got mixed feelings about these other two women, and I'm going to go. And here's where it gets weird, Coach. And you're right. I should be going by just character, but I think of Mina Savari from that movie American Beauty, and I get weirded out by that movie. <laughs> because of the way it kind of weirdly ended there's a lot going on in that movie <laughs> yeah so i think it got weird you thought she was like this slut and then you found out she never did anything and it got weird and he was there and it's, i don't know no i'm out i'm out with her all together i'm out she's dead <laughs> marry any other one just because i can't i can't deal with that movie weird reason <laughs> it's a weird reason but it's my reason i think you killed two of them brad no i married um i'm gonna marry the other one i'm gonna <laughs> marry the other Natasha Leone the yeah. third. You gonna marry the partier, huh? Yeah, I'm gonna marry nice. the partier. Just maybe she'll leave me alone. I can just watch wrestling in the basement. She'll go find <laughs> <myself>. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. So now, guys, it's gonna get weird now. Okay. Like it hasn't not, before, but okay. nah, this okay. is a little weird and a little risky. Um, we're gonna go Vern Troyer, Brad Williams, and Peter Dinklage. Now. These are little people. I, see, I, looked at, I looked at this for a week and I'm wondering, do I, but do I even say it? Like, I didn't know if I was, if this was okay to say or not, but uh, that's what they are. So uh, I know you're excited, Devin, uh, because you know, you usually text me daily about these situations. Go ahead, um, man. What do you got? All right. It's Vern Troyer, Peter Dinklage. And who's the third? Brad, Brad, Williams. Brad Williams. He's a comedian. No, Brad no, Williams. no relation. No relation. I am marrying Brad Williams. Yes! He's hysterical. He's gonna keep me uh, laughing every single day. You know, he's uh, he's really funny. I like Brad, and he likes wrestling too. So he could watch it every single week with me, every night. But um, Peter Dinklage, he seems like an asshole. Well, I've only seen him in a few different movies, but if you've seen him from Elf, he he freaks out at Will Ferrell in that. So he's got to go. 
And then I guess out of process of elimination, I'm uh I'm getting with Mini Me, Vern Troyer. We gotta we gotta have a fun night together, I guess. Yeah, it is. I don't know why this is next level. Uh, Coach, uh, what do you got? I'll, I'll I'll marry the funny guy, uh, Vern Troyer. Uh, he's old, so I don't think he'll be able to get it up. So I'll f him because he might not be able to perform. And uh, I'll kill the other one. That's my vote. I wonder if that sense has ever been said before. I'll f him because he probably won't be able to perform. That's right. He, he right. four years ago. Looking for a pass. All right, Mike. Luchu will help right. with that. Let's see. I'm going to marry. Um, was it Minimi? Was that one guy, right? Yeah, Minimi's Vern Troyer. Yeah, that's right. I'll marry him. Um, I will fuck the dude from L because I kind of know who you come up there. And Brad, I'm going to kill because I don't even know who he is. So that's all right. That's mine. I didn't know who they were by their real name. I think the less reasoning in this, the better. Uh, <laughs> Adam, I'd marry Brad Williams out of F. Um, Dinklage, and I had to kill Vern Troyer because he already passed away four years ago. That's how you get my pass. Let, let's try to <laughs> just remember them in their best, uh, in their best light. Oh, okay. <laughs> You said the real name, not their actor, so that's why. I did, let's, let's call it Vern Troyer 2013. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> okay, my answer still doesn't change. All right. James? I'm a... Oh, man, this is a tough one. I guess Dinklage is on the out. He's the kill. Um, man, so good probably good. Game of Thrones, though. Yeah, right. Everybody forgot. No one said yeah, that yet. I can't so believe that had to come up. That is I haven't awesome. seen it. Game of Thrones. So good. Oh, we're gonna get ruined for knowing yeah, watching that one. Yeah, hey, I, I, read the books. I will be I will die on that mountain. I've never seen Game of Thrones. And I don't care about all the hate uh we receive. Shout out to the fans. <laughs> you know, but I've never seen Game of Thrones and really don't have any uh, intent to watch it. it. Is what it is. But uh yeah. So Dinklage is out. I guess uh I guess I'm fucking Brad Williams, and I'm gonna marry uh Mini Me because Maybe I can swindle up some uh, like money with Doctor Evil, you know, because you know it's a evil uh, lair and you know all that stuff. So maybe I can be like, "Hey, I'll divorce your mini me for uh, you know that chump change." And number two. Yeah. So I'm gonna f. Uh, this is a, this is a weird one for me, but I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead I'm gonna go ahead and fuck Vern Troyer. Uh, just one night. Maybe me, him. I think him and he's friends with Leonardo DiCaprio back in the day. They used to go to strip clubs together. That sounds like a fun night. Maybe we can get some more people involved and make this a little more interesting for me. Uh, I'm going to kill Brad Williams uh, for no other reason. I don't know him too well. And I don't really like the name Brad. Brad's a Brad's just such a I agree. dumb name. 100%, I agree. And then uh, I'm going to I'm gonna marry uh, Peter Dinklage because I have read the Game of Thrones. <laughs> I haven't... Uh, haven't watched him and maybe we can uh, watch him together and uh, have a nice uh, little life together. Maybe he can act it out for me. So <laughs> that's uh, thanks, Mike. That's all I got to say, Mike Bober, Bober. Thank you so much for that one. Um, you guys mind uh, after that nonsense, if I get some listener questions real quick. Yeah. I know we're going out of order. I don't mean to do that, but I like doing that demographic and Mike's meet a little later. <laughs> so, uh, I think Zoll wanted to know what our favorite uh, SummerSlam set was. I don't have an answer. Next. 
Go ahead. <laughs> Any set besides the one they got now. There you go. I like 2000 because of the green and everything. That's when the Hardys and everything was part of it. Uh, true. Oh, that works. Yeah, that's I like 2000. See, that's a good answer. I don't remember that, anything. What, I don't remember was anything. That the one where they had the uh, thing swinging? They had the thing swing coming down the ramp. That's the backlash. Yeah, but backlash you can use it. Who wants to use it? Who cares? That, that sounds great. <laughs> That's my favorite SummerSlam set. The Backlash or one. Yeah, the Backlash. <laughs> the best SummerSlam set ever. <laughs> so, um, I got one from Amy in private message. Ooh. How do you... What? <laughs> How do you, shout out. Happy birthday, Amy. 46. Welcome to the club. How do you think the recent retirement of Vince McMahon will affect SummerSlam? Or will it? What do you think about the chance and cheers for Vince McMahon when there is controversy surrounding him, allegations, misconduct, some possibly non-consensual? Do you think they should have waited till after SummerSlam to announce his retirement? Have a great show, guys. <laughs> oh, let's start with the first part. What do you think about the um, – how do you think it will affect SummerSlam? It well, won't. Kinda... It, it won't because the show is always more important than the person. That's the way Vince always thought. So even though he might have, uh, he might not be a part of it, his philosophy is deeply embedded in the people that will be running that show. I would I say agree. within the coming weeks, it's going to change, but not by some extent. You guys all in agreement on that? Yeah. Yeah. So this is the interesting one, the chance for Vince McMahon. And it's funny because I was listening to Busted Open Radio and they also felt that the fans just don't care. Do you think the fans just don't care? And that's why they, like, they cheer for him? They don't get, I think they don't think he did anything really wrong. He cheated on his wife. Half I don't think we know enough. Say cheat, yeah. Half the people in the fans are cheating on their wife. They're probably with their girlfriend right there at the <laughs> thing right now. So, I mean, this I mean, isn't a new story, right? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm just saying in general. It's something we haven't heard before. Athletes all the time are involved in nonsense. We still cheer them later. Uh, True. Well, this, this, this could well, Here's be the thing. Because... Non-consensual is the word. Non-consensual. Yeah, that's the... right. The tricky part. Well, that's all. That's all hearsay. I'm not going to get into all that. Uh, but when when it comes to the people today not giving a damn, I could see that because a lot of the fans today weren't uh, raised or brought up on Vince McMahon being on TV every week, Vince McMahon announcing every week. So to them, he's just uh, the owner of the company. But to us, Mr. McMahon is a character. He's he shaped a lot of our storylines where people today just didn't have that benefit. Very true. I, I grew up with him as an announcer. Uh, don't see him much now. Uh, but the final question was, do you think they should have waited till after SummerSlam, if I'm reading that right? He announced it on the day he was, uh, you know, not guilty on the steroid trial. So I think, and the, supposedly people knew like a week or 10 days in advance that he was going to do this. So kind of seems like he may have pers purposely waited for that day to be like, I'm out, <laughs> you know, like another, like, you know, not guilty-ish type thing. Like, I'm, I'm leaving. I'm done. Yeah, but and you there think was something else very strategic about the announcement. The announcement happened at 4.05, five minutes after the stock market closed on a Friday afternoon. Mm. Oh, well, I'll give you that one. You know, so uh, I know the stock dropped today. But maybe their thought was, I don't think it's going to drop as much because there's nowhere to buy or sell over the weekend. Yeah. Devin, did you have a different opinion? 
No, I, uh, I, I really don't know. Um, I'm not sure. Uh, Vince McMahon, I grew up, he was only on the show like every, you know, once a month, maybe. Right. Uh, after he came back to face uh, DX when they returned, I really haven't seen much of Vince McMahon since then. So it's kind of just like, I don't know. I don't understand why the fans are hyping up all this. We've seen them shit completely shit on some superstars who have had, you know, allegations and stuff on them in the past. Vince McMahon, he should be held to the same standard in my aspect, in my book. Adam? I don't the, I think it's just because they're diehards. Other than him being short of killing somebody, I think they're always going to cheer for him because of everything he's done in the, in the years. So unless he just goes and robs somebody and kills somebody, I think he'll always get cheered because it's Vince McMahon. Mike? You have anything to add, Mike? And as far as waiting, uh, mm-hmm. I know I can, like what Coach said, if it was right after the stock market, I think it was ratings to get towards, like, get people to look at SmackDown maybe that night. And I don't think it's going to affect SummerSlam. It almost did. But somehow or another, they taught Brock Lesnar to come back <laughs> in the building. Because he, yeah. uh, he was talked about leaving. Because he said something about, if Vince McMahon leaves, I leave. So they were able to get him back. That's what they were talking about in commentary. Oh, we thought. Oh, I thought. So whatever they did, because they was even talking about Goldberg replacing him for SummerSlam. Which right. It even terrible. brought up Goldberg on uh, SmackDown. They showed the replay of from when been, Roman and Goldberg oh, were facing each other. That would have been horrible. I would have been mad if I had tickets to go and that happened. So I will say this, though. I, I don't think it was about before or after SummerSlam. I, I think this was a decision by the board of directors. Yeah, I think, he, I think they and had to do it. They said do it, and he decided this was the day. I mean, well, I agree with you with the timing of it, of the day in particular. But I, I mean, there, there's there's NBC's involved with Peacock, right? You have Fox involved. But you got to think, he would want to come out and do his own retirement. Thank you, everybody. Because he would be the type to be wanted. You, do you think he'd want to do his own retirement if he wasn't made to do it already? Would like, you say you that think, again? I'm sorry. Like, do you think he would be the type to want to come out and say, thank you, guys, but it's just my time to retire to make a big deal in the ring? Or do you think he would just – if he wasn't made – to retire, do you think he'd have been more than just an announcement on Twitter? I think he was made to it, and that's why it was an announcement on Twitter. Yeah. I don't know if he would have went to the ring. I think if it was on his own terms, he would have done it in the ring, yeah. Because he doesn't like his his own, like, uh, you know, he says not to mention him in the Hall of Fame speech, like, all that type of stuff. Yeah. So, I could see him walking out and doing, like, the then, now, forever, welcome to SmackDown, and then, like, walking out and then be like, holy shit, that was his last time. That's weird, though, that he says he doesn't like to be mentioned, but then he went out those three times in a row and just did that. <laughs> like, um, I still I think that's more that. of a power play on his, like, yeah, yeah, fuck yeah, y'all, yeah. this is my company, like, you know. So but, what's officially the last time we've seen him on TV? Was that introducing John Cena? Yeah. For the 20th anniversary? Yeah. And I remember when he came out before that with Zol. Zol Lopez was uh, on the Zoom with us, and he was like – he. The guy, I mean, Zola didn't know how to react because the guy said nothing. They, yeah. He thought he was going to make some big announcement. He said nothing. He just said, and he had it together, basically to the end of his own saying. Weird stuff, man. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, that is all for the questions. We actually got to them, and I think we placed them nicely for once. Right? 
And we appreciate all the questions and all the feedback. And uh, you can also uh, participate by leaving us a review and we may even read it on the show. Maybe uh, you may win something. Who the hell knows? And then uh, we uh, also have a, a merchandise. Uh, you know, you can get some merch at uh, the website is listed on our Twitter page. That is at Kickout Crew. Shirts are flying off the rack. Hell, we, we know a person that has multiple. Yeah, shout out to uh, Lindsay. She just tweeted, honestly, like probably 20 minutes before we started recording. Uh, just just tweet a picture of a kickout crew shirt. Dan, I know my dad, uh, he, he texted me uh, wanting to buy one. So T-shirts are flying off the racks. We can't keep them in stock. That's awesome. <laughs> and uh, I guess the only thing uh, left to do would be uh, – Get a little demographic with all uh, Devin and Devin's demographic. Uh, what you got for us this week? All right. So I got a Devin's demographic that I'm honestly not sure if you guys will let me get through. Because I wrote, it's about the origin of nitro drinks and nitrogen Jesus in drinks. Fucking Jones. Are you kidding me? <laughs> So it all started back in the 1950s with Guinness beer. When they first came out, they decided to start <laughs> brewing their drinks with nitrogen. To make the smaller bubbles that create a, you know, a better taste, a thicker drink. Um, it was years, uh, years down the road in uh, 2016 when a uh, scientist, Nate Ambers, first had the idea of brewing nitrogen in coffee. To this day, Starbucks is still using their, uh, still using that scientist uh, recipe today. And then uh, a few years later, in early 2019, that's when Pepsi started messing around with the idea of creating these Pepsi nitros. And in uh, March 2022, they had the idea perfected. <laughs> They're able to make the original and the vanilla nitro Pepsis. And now it's on shelves across America, in some parts of Canada, and some parts of Mexico for us to taste every single day. So, you know, we, you have ideas of where you think this show's going to go, right? <laughs> when you're having an idea, when you're talking to James in, in early April about what you think. I, I just cannot believe <laughs> that we have literally put over this product as much as we have. <laughs> 14 <laughs> episodes. <laughs> we have not missed one. And I even did some bullshit and drank it. I didn't even oh. know what it was before this. My wife did a run-in. That <laughs> video that you made on Twitter was great. Did you enjoy it? No, no, <laughs> it's flat. It's flat Pepsi. Am I wrong? We just opened it and it had no bubbles. It was so if we didn't have a sponsorship, I did. We might have to cut this out, James, because I don't know if this is gonna work out. Shake it up next time. <laughs> don't shake it up. Don't I mean, I, I kayfabed it. I kayfabed it for the video. But it was, I mean, I wasn't grossed out by it, but I'd rather have a regular Pepsi. Yes. Then I'd have hiccups if I had a regular Pepsi. Oh, God the forbid you have a few Pepsi. fucking hiccups, dude. Apple juice or something there. Are you going to break out in hives? No, you have hiccups. <laughs> I'm waiting till it gets to the dollar store. <laughs> For real. It'll be there soon. Boy, we're hitting on all cylinders on the James's favorite things. We've mentioned the Bellas. We mentioned Game of Thrones. Y'all jacked off about coffee. Now we're doing Pepsi Nitro. I mean, my goodness. This is Are like, you guys fans this of This is my all-time favorite. Are we fans of what? Of Guinness beer? No. No. You know that no Guinness beer Guinness has either. less alcohol in it than Corona? Weird, right? I do like I the car bombs. 
Yeah, I like car bombs. Especially if you follow it up with a shot of fireball and it's called the Paul Walker. Oh, uh, man. Now that's, that's, not, that's not the Waka Waka Waka. <laughs> All right. This, this is the TV 14. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Hopefully, everybody's already turned us off by now. <laughs> so, is, oh. that, is that, is that uh, it for you, Devin? Is that. Yeah, yeah, that's it. But fuck I think yes. you just gave uh <laughs> I think you just got the name of this episode. This is episode 14, Kick Out Crew Ghost TV 14, finally. There it is. <laughs> fuck yeah. shit ass bitch, motherfucker, all that, you know, all that stuff. At least we're not corny. <laughs> right. All right. Please save us. Speaking of corny, it sounds like it's almost time for uh, some delicious meal. And uh, I'm going to kick it to uh, Mike for Mike's Meat Minute. So uh, take it away, buddy. All right. Well, today I am going to do a seafood lasagna. Now, what you, what you need for this one is, of course, lasagna noodles. You need 12 ounces of cream cheese, a half a cup of Cajun broth, two cups of spinach, one jar of marinara sauce, or you can do the Alfredo sauce, whatever you prefer. Um, four cups of mozzarella cheese, one cup of Parmesan cheese. You need one pack of crab meat, about the 16 ounce pack. One pound of shrimp, one of the small ones that's already cooked or you don't have to. Um, and one pack of crawfish tail. And what you're gonna do is you can, you're gonna do your noodles, either soak them in hot water, boil them. Um, you cook your shrimp if you don't got the cook ones already. And then you mix, um, I'm sorry, I lost my spot. Oh, mix the cream cheese, the spinach, all the seafood, and the Cajun broth together in one big bowl. And then you put your, um, put a little bit of sauce in the bottom of the pan, get some noodles, and you're gonna put your mixture of all your stuff and cheese down on it with another layer of noodles. And you can do, just repeat it as many layers you want. You can do two layers, you can do three layers or four layers. Um, then you cover it, put it in the oven at 400 degrees for 40 to 45 minutes. You uncover it after that and bake for another five minutes just to get the cheese melted on top, get it nice and brown, and bring it out. Let it cool for about five, ten minutes and serve. What kind of cheese do you use? Use Parmesan and mozzarella. I like a ricotta, but I'll try it your way. Well, you can use any cheese you want. Do they have ricotta in your area? I don't know. I have to look. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know what the fuck that is. No, it's like a mainstay in lasagna. Remember, it's 2015 there. Oh, yeah. ricotta. <laughs> ricotta cheese. Look it up. It's good. I mean, it's I like it on the road some. They have like the big blocks of cheese that are like 100 pounds. But I <laughs> I love me yeah, some fun. crab and some shrimp, but I've never had crawtail. What is that? That's because you're from Crawfish. the north. It's it's like the miniature uh, lobsters. Oh, okay. Hmm. I've tried that sometime. Yeah, Sounds great, Mike. Thanks, I like crawfish. Crawfish po' boys, pretty good. A little fried crawfish. Ooh. I don't need Probably get it at Bucky's. <laughs> Another sponsorship we're missing out on. <sighs> we got Nitro. We got Natty Lights. We got Bucky's. Mmm. Amazing. <laughs> what, are you, what are you thinking, man? Well, uh, it seems that uh, up on tap for next week 
is so we have one of two options now listen guys next week we are going to be coming to you probably it, it will not be thursday all right so you're hearing this on thursday it will not be thursday the next week because of starcast weekend so it could be friday afternoon or saturday morning just depending on uh, editing and everything like that uh you know, we're not married to Thursday yet, but we wanted to at least let you know if you get real excited on Thursday morning and want to hear us on your way into work, it won't be there. Uh, guys, I think we were talking Ric Flair. Ric Flair. Yes. And Woo! then after that, which we will send out on Twitter, it may be an ask anything. Is that what I'm understanding, fellas? Yes. I no, no, fun. James? Could be, that could be a top guy uh, weekend thing or, okay. or a clip show and you know what? You'll just have to stay tuned to find out. <laughs> I'm glad I brought it up. I'm glad. Right, Ric Flair. <laughs> yeah, Ric Flair is next. Guys, our, our minds go, um, everybody at home, our minds go a mile a minute. We do a lot of texting. Sometimes we don't understand what the hell each of us are talking about. <laughs> so this is the only time we're actually all together. <laughs> and this is about as and much the, as And the Ric Flair uh, episode this time will not include AJ Styles or John Cena. Hopefully. Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> sorry about that. Fuck you, Devin. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we already do know the matches as well we do we are going to talk about because of it is rick flair's last match uh this coming weekend when you're hearing this we're going to talk about rick flair's other two last matches in wwe and tna he faced staying in tna and he also and he faced of course uh sean michaels in wwe we'll get more information out to you this week but um that is what we're going to do. So uh, again, James, uh, that's what's next week. Love it. And uh, we appreciate all the feedback. So definitely uh, chime in with your questions on those uh, specific topics, you know, overweight Nate here, uh, plugging it. So I, I love it. Um, obviously we're all big fans of Rick and uh, can't wait to see how uh, everything turns out, but that's a story for another time. So I guess this concludes uh, this story uh, today. Uh, of course, I am at James Elkarai, you know, this kickout crew at kickout crew. Uh, appreciate, uh, you know, I'm going to give everybody their moments to say their goodbyes and then, uh, you know, we'll wrap it all up. So, uh, Adam, you're up. Uh, you can catch me at Adam underscore from underscore Bama on Twitter. I get on Facebook every now and then, but you can also hit me up, DM me. We'll talk wrestling, talk about anything you want to, and send me those jokes. The more, the better. Exactly. And you can also catch him on uh, Top Guy Theater. Good show, good people. Uh, Devin, you're up next. Uh, how can the people reach you? So I'm Devin Dowling. You can catch me at DevinD19 on Snapchat, Instagram, Twitter. Tinder. Um, <laughs> not tinder absolutely not tinder uh, you better have deleted that profile <laughs> I've, I've never had one actually but uh i just want to give a quick shout out when this episode drops it'll be my little brother isaiah's 10th birthday so uh i know him and uh, my brother quinn have watched it a couple times so i just want to say shout out to them too and uh, happy birthday isaiah well isn't that cute happy birthday and uh you know i guess uh rosie you're up next yeah, you can catch me at uh, Real Coach Rosie. Hit me up anytime. Uh, I just want to say, uh, since you're saying throwing out some congratulations, uh, it's a bittersweet moment in my home. 
because in two weeks when this show airs, my son is going off to college. I know Brad's going through the same thing coming up. Uh, it's going to be weird not having my son, my oldest son, Ethan, around the house. But uh, I'm proud of you, son. And big things ahead. Proud of you, buddy. Hell yeah, it's a good, uh, good shout out. And uh, we all are proud, too. We all hella supportive here of each other. And uh, Mike, uh, you're up next. You can find me at Whitaker1028 on Twitter. Um, if you have any questions about any of my recipes, um, hit me up. I did tell Mr. Pyers I would be better at posting my recipes on Twitter when they're ready. <laughs> so I will do that. And if you have any other questions about it, just hit me up and let me know. And shout out to Anthony Pirates, man. That's big. He was one of the uh, reporters last night in the media scrum for the Ring of Honor show. There was only like six or seven reporters in there. And one of our ad-free uh, top guys, Anthony, was in there hammering questions to FTR, Samoa Joe, and everybody. Congratulations on living your dream, Anthony. That's good stuff. And uh, Brad, take it I'm, away. I am Brad at Yes Man Brad on Twitter. Anthony Pyres has been on the show. You guys might know that. Just brief moments. But yeah, I mean, all joking aside, congratulations, Anthony, on that. We're all really happy for you. And uh, you're right, Coach. Uh, August 12th, I will be driving my daughter to West Virginia University. So that is uh, something that's coming. But also, um, everybody, thanks for listening. Like, again, yes, uh, yes, man, Brad, on Twitter. You can DM me anytime. Uh, as you can see, I'm open to suggestions on everything. So is James. So is everybody here. So we, we, all we want to do is make this show better. So I appreciate, we all appreciate you listening. Yep. Cause you are the listeners and it is your show. We just happen to be here and uh, you know, Brad hosted, we all know that. So, but it's your show. And uh, I guess uh, that's going to do it for us. Uh, episode 14, hell of a journey. Uh, good to be back with the crew and uh, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Check out our merch, check out our YouTube, check out our Twitter, check us all out. And uh, like, uh, you know, when life gets you down, kick out it too, because that's what we do. We're the kick out crew. Appreciate it. Everybody have a good week. Thank you. See you guys.